Hello, Allie. Oh, Hi. you look at it. You fired up the vape? Is yeah. it the vape? I brought two so you brought jewels. cigarettes, two jewels, and camels. Coffee and a smoothie. Dude. I wasn't sure what to expect. What would you what what was your worst case scenario? Oh my god, worst case scenario, I poop my pants right off the bat. Oh, have you done that before? Like when you get nervous? Not when I get nervous, but I used to well, only once in college. You pooped your pants? Yeah, I Were was you drinking? Yeah, I was hungover. I ate Chipotle. I ate Ooh. Chipotle pretty much every day in college. That's uh, not good for it your brain. It was not good at all. You're trying to learn? Yeah. Actually, Chipotle, like those bowls, they are pretty good. They're like, so good. Like if you get like one of those steak bowls with rice, like that's about as clean as you can eat. Yeah. Really. And in college, it was nice because you could eat like half of a bowl and be like super full and then eat the other half later. And you can do the tricks of getting half steak, half chicken or something. That's that way they give you more. Oh, is that a trick? I don't kind think it of. is a trick. I think it's they have like a, a scooper. They have a scooper, but if you say you want half this and half that, they're not going to put half in the scooper. They're putting a full scooper in there. And then you're getting a full pooper on the couch in college. Mm. Yeah. Sorry to hear about the poop in the pants. It's all right. People are very embarrassed about that, but it does happen if you take chances. I feel like it happens to every. Everyone has a poop (laughs) story, I hope. If you don't, I feel like you're just not taking enough chances with your diet. No, and it's like, I think everyone's poop story starts out with them being like, oh, I thought I was going to fart, mm-hmm. and then it was of not course. a fart. Yeah, that's in the car, that's when it happens. I was yeah. honestly on the drive up here, I Uh-oh. I had a little bit of gas, and I was like, just wait until you're there, hold it, because you don't want to take any risks right now. Mm. Yeah. So I, you know, it actually worked out, I, I let it out. I've had a pod, there was a podcast once where I legitimately thought, do you remember who it was? I legitimately thought I was going to shit my pants. I was like pinching my my abs down. I was like crunching myself. I was like, listen, if I don't get out of here right now, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I do you remember who it was? I don't know. But I might even set it on the air. Yeah, I remember it happening, but I don't remember who was in the room. I though. barely got out. It's kind of a nice out. feeling though. I like that like adrenaline rush of like <laughs> I need to hold. Like it really tests my skills. Like cramming for a test. Yeah. Like, you, like oh my god, there's not much time left. Yeah, I I dropped out of college, so like I feel like me trying to hold in a poop is the most cramming for a test. I feel like I do. Why know. that is a psychological thing, the cramming thing. They they say that some people like procrastinate until they know they just they have to. T- like okay, I'm gonna stay up all night. I'm a procrastinator. Yeah, always. But most comics are. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's something. Look, we're all broken. We're all broken toys, <laughs> and most most comics, um, there's something about like the laziness and the nonconformity, and you know the, the unwillingness to do trudgery. Is that a word? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, the un- unwillingness to do the you know like boring, mundane life choices, yeah. jobs. That's what leads people to comedy. Like, yes. oh, maybe I could just talk shit. Yeah. Yeah. I literally thought. I always knew I wanted to, like, entertain people somehow. I didn't know exactly how until my senior year of high school. But before that, I was like, maybe I'll be a singer or a comedian, you know? Well, you have a great voice. I have a decent voice. You have a very good voice. Thank you. Um, And you use it in your act sometimes. I try. You do. Um, You started doing stand-up. How old were you? I think I did my first open mic when I was, like, 17. But Whoa. I didn't start then. You are about as like. There's only one other person I know, Olivia Grace. Yes, I love she, Olivia. I met her at I think it was Brea. She came up to me and she was like 16. Yeah. And I was like, what? And she had been doing it since she was like 14 or 15. That's crazy. Crazy. She's very funny too. She's so funny. And super cool. 
Yeah, so I when I started, I was living in Long Beach at my parents' house, and so I would go back and forth between Orange County and L.A., and Olivia was in Orange County, and she was, like, the first person my age, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that I, like, met, and so we became friends, and I was like, I was like, you're so funny, like... It's so cool that she had already had so much time under her belt when crazy. I was like 18, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. a, that's a, I, I didn't know you could start until you were 21. No, I didn't either. I had no idea. I thought, and I also didn't know that open mics happened at like coffee shops and bars and like literally anywhere Yeah. at all, you know, laundromats. When I started, I waited until my 21st birthday, but then I met my friend Robbie and he was 19. I was like, how did you get in? And they're like, they'll let you in, but you can't drink. I was like, oh. Yeah. I had my... Is that still the case? Like at the store? If they they had a show, an open mic night? No. Did they let you in? Well, when when I started doing open mics for real... I was maybe 18 on the verge of 19 or something, and I would go to the comedy store. But I had already been doing open mics around town, so all the guys who worked at the comedy store as door guys knew me. They didn't know how old I was, so no one ever checked my ID. And I never talked about being young or anything, so I would just perform, hang out. And uh, and then when they found out I was under 21, I got kicked out for a year, and I couldn't <laughs> perform there again. <laughs> so I had already been doing Kill Tony. <sighs> I'd and already then they been doing, and then they found out. Oh my god! And so then I would like do shows, do open mics, and then I would just come to the comedy store and hang out on the sidewalk, and just be like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Like, that's hilarious. And on my twenty-first birthday at midnight, I walked in. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. And I remember Red Band was there, and George Perez, and uh, on my twenty-first birthday, they each gave me twenty-one dollars. <laughs> and then on my twenty-second birthday, I was at the comedy store, and they gave me twenty-two dollars, and I was like, "You guys better live for a long time." <laughs> That's a crazy place to be when you're 21 years old, you know, to be around. I mean, just the people you just named, George Perez and Brian Redband, and you're 21, like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> like a little a little fawn. Yeah. Like, clunk, 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 yeah. clunk, clunk, walking out I still out to the feel field. like that. Well, that place is, I mean, especially when you're dealing with, you know, so many, like, you're going there, you're 21 years old, and you're just seeing Jesselneck and you know and all these like big time headliners yeah. and Joey Diaz and you know and Chris Rock shows up and Dave Chappelle's there and you're fucking 21 you're walking around going this is crazy yeah yeah it, it felt so surreal just like being there and hanging out and feeling kind of like I was a part of it you yeah, know well, like you in a small way but yeah I'm super grateful for Kill Tony because I feel like that's what help me become like more ingrained in the scene at the store well that's how i found out about you yeah i found out about you through kill tony and tony kept raving about how good you were and then i saw you do some sets and your progression is it's a kind of a hilarious story like you opening for me i know because you did a couple shows at like the improv couple shows at like you know the comedy store and then i'm like hey you want to do Vegas? Well, no, no. <laughs> what happened was you had been the guest like on Kill Tony and I was a regular. So you had seen one minute of my material, maybe two times. No, I'd seen you other times. But I'd then, been in the room while you were yeah. doing stand up a couple other times. But then you invited me. I remember Tony hit me up one day and he was like, hey, is it cool if I give Joe your phone number? And I was like, Joe. And he was like, Rogan. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, of course. And so then you text me. You were like, hey, do you want to do some shows at the improv with me this week? And I was like, yeah, I'm, of course. You're like, are you available? I'm like, oh, I think I can be available for that. Well, I knew you were funny. You know, I mean, that's 
how I do it. I, when I think someone's funny, I'm like, all right, let's see. Yeah. You know, let's see what they do in front of a packed house. Yeah. You know, with uh, Joey Diaz and Duncan Trussell and Ari Shafir and just like, let's see what's up. Yeah. Let's see what's and, up. And then I had been doing that for for a couple months, I'd say, mm-hmm. just like doing the hosting spot or like little opening spots at the improv in the comedy store. And then you were like, oh, I, I was like, oh, I saw that you're going to be in Vegas this week. Like, I think I'm going to drive and come watch you because I'd never seen you in like a bigger venue than a comedy club. And you you were like, okay, uh, do you want to open? And I was like, well, I wasn't hoping you'd say that, but I was kind of hoping you'd say that. <laughs> so you did Vegas. That we was the coolest the experience of my entire life still to this day. One of like the highlights of my life. It was really fun. It was really fun. But you were so composed and so like on top of it, you crushed. And then I said, okay, do you want to do an arena? <laughs> So you went from, I mean, how many times have you been paid to do stand-up other than the times opening for me and, you know, like a couple little gigs on the road? Yeah, I mean, I never really got paid to do comedy, like besides like drinks or like a couple bucks for gas. So you do the Mirage, which is like, I think the Mirage is 1,300 people or 1,200 people. It's a good size place. Yeah. It's a good size place. Then we do a fucking gigantic basketball arena. <laughs> you know what I think, you know what I think helped me with the mirage was in my head I was like 1200 is giant. I was like this is going to be huge, crazy and I like overhyped it so much that by the time I saw the venue it was like it was so beautiful and it felt intimate for some reason. Well, it's you know? the most intimate place in Vegas in yeah. terms of like those big theaters that you can play. Yeah. It's my favorite place in Vegas. So, I love it. Yeah. So as soon as I got there, I was like, I got this. I used, I was doing bigger places there and I came back to the Mirage just because it's a better setup. Yeah. And I feel like the people who run that place oh, were awesome. really helpful. They're awesome. Cool. They're the best. They're the nicest folks. And they all love comedy. Yeah. And they, you know, there you are. That's <gasps> you, kid. Oh, Jamie was taking pictures. Yeah. I was like, can you get more? My mom really wants to see me. Yeah. It's too bad you can't really see the audience in there, too. But um, So dark. then you go from that. Well, what, what arena did we do? We went to, I believe, Denver. Was it Portland? Oh, yeah, it was the Moda Center. Yeah, that place is fucking huge. Yeah, oh my God. And it was in the round. The first one was in the round. So there's literally people all around me. I'm like, I don't know where to stand. I don't know like how to use the space of the stage. Yeah, that's like 13 or 14,000 people. Oh my gosh, yeah. It was bananas. But I told you after, I was like, you know what I hate about this is that this feels the best way to perform. I was like, this is where I feel the most myself. Well, it's definitely the biggest pop. Like yeah. the rush that you get from a big a big joke that kills in, you know, a fifteen thousand seat arena or whatever, it's it's bananas. Like the biggest I did was Chappelle and I did uh the Tacoma Dome. Yeah. We did twenty five thousand people. That looked crazy. It was bonkers yeah. like when you would hear the laughs they were deafening it was like people scream 25,000 people screaming it's just was there like an echo like oh, a yeah. wave it's what it's nuts it's Cause wild because I, I remember after the moda center which is like an inside arena then we did um that outdoor theater amphitheater in the bay area um mm, yeah, yeah yeah where the grateful dead yeah played. yeah yeah yeah, that was fun too. That was fun, but that was cool because it was outdoors, and mm-hmm. I was like, "There's a lawn." Like, I've it was just crazy because when I was little, I would always go to concerts, and 
I would always watch the performer and I'd be like, I want to do that. So the first time I got to like do the arena and the amphitheater, I was like, I'm literally doing what I've always wanted to do. Yeah, those shows are fucking awesome, but I still think 200 people is the that's the right size. Two think, to 300 people is the right size. Yeah, I agree. Like if you wanted it, it's like there's no nothing wrong with those shows. They're awesome. I love doing arenas, but the you know like the original rooms, like 190 people. That shit is perfect. Yeah, when everything's popping. I I like. The 200, 300 range, or even smaller, because that's when you get, like, the honest feedback. Yeah. And I think that's why it's fun to also do the, like, arena or amphitheater, because it's the jokes that you've been working on that you know work. Right. And so you're yeah. getting the response that you want from those jokes, and you kind of almost expect that response. But when you're doing the smaller, intimate shows, that's when you get the, like, kind of pause where you're like, huh, maybe that joke needs tweaking, or, like, you mm -hmm. can figure out. Yeah. And that way, when you do get a pop in, like, a smaller room, you're like, oh, that really works. Yeah, small, small crowds, like, late at night, that's when you find out if you're full of shit. Yeah. Because you get to see the, the the fat in your act. You get yeah. to see the clunky fucking, those weird segues that you do. Or, yeah. Or when you act something out, it seems cheap and stupid. You're like, oh, my God, like, you're just doing it in front of, like, three people. You're like, oh, this yeah. material's terrible. Yeah. That's why I liked working at the comedy store, because you'd have to be there until... The last person's off stage. How much comedy have you done during the quarantine? Um, I've done a decent amount of Zoom shows. And then... How weird um, are those? They're weird. I kind of just like... I think I grew up always being like on the internet and interacting with strangers online. So I... I felt like I was prepared for something like a Zoom show. And I also was like, okay, don't look... Don't expect to get anything out of this or get the same feeling out of this. Like, just have fun, engage with the people watching as best you can, and like see where it goes. Have no expectations. It's just but something it fucking to sucks. do. Right? Yeah, yeah, it fucking blows. M Mark Norman said it best. He said like it's like methadone comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know he he was talking about how he did uh, stand up in the park. Yes, I was, was watching his YouTube Park Norman. <laughs> So good. But it's, you know, we're all like desperate to get back. And in LA, we're not doing any comedy, but New York is doing stand up again. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, I, f I feel like I'm starting to see some shows. My friends are doing some shows outdoors here. So I don't know. I'm kind of hopeful, but I'm also like, if, if I get an offer to go to a state that's open and doing comedy, I would take it. Are you taking vitamins? Are you taking care of yourself? You just tested negative. I just so tested negative. You don't have the vid. I don't I don't got the COVID, but I've been getting tested a lot because my sister just moved to Arizona last year. Mm -hmm. So I've been going out there a lot, which is hot for the Rona. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I've been getting tested really frequently and Whenever they say like it's hot for the Rona, I always wonder like what makes some place hotter than others? Like why why are other places more susceptible? Like what's going on there? I don't know. Well, I guess with Arizona, everything's open. It's everything's almost open. like they're... Corona never happened there. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, that's a wild west town. I know. I told them I'm like they're the COVID cowboys. Yeah. They're wearing maskless chaps. <laughs> they they have open carry. Like you could have a gun in your I pocket know. and just I was, walk into a store. I did a show in Arizona. I was like, what are you guys going to do? Shoot COVID when you see it? Is that your defense? <laughs> well, in their defense, like they're on the border of Mexico. And that is a place that has literally changed very little since people came across the fucking country in covered wagons. Yeah. Like that's Arizona. Yeah. yeah like Arizona, like 
Phoenix is as big as it gets. I love Arizona. It's great. I love I it there. I love it. It's so yeah. beautiful. There's so much to do. I filmed my 2005 special there. Okay, brag. Yeah. I love it there. Yeah. I, I, I've been going there forever. I, I just love that Tempe Improv. That place is great. Dude, Tempe is my favorite. That was the first place I headlined. And the Casey, the manager there... One of the best people ever. He just like, I feel like every comedy club manager should like take a class under Casey because he's like so compassionate and he gets it and he's like not full of bullshit. He's just like an honest, caring dude. I feel like he rubs that, he runs that club so well. Well, that place has a history of cool people running it because Adam Egate used to be there. Yeah, and Paige from the improv. Yep, yep. that's where I met both of them. I think I met Paige there. I might have met, yeah, I think I met Paige there. Um, I just feel bad for those people now. Oh, you're taking the. Oh, yeah. I was like, "What's that sound?" How how addicted to those things? So are you? addicted, yeah. completely addicted. Yeah. Well, when I was at my mom's house during lockdown, my mom's a smoker. Oh boy. I know. It's this it's this weird thing when they get to be a certain age and they're still smoking all the time. Like, I know. Ooh, you are on the edge, huh? Well, she was trying to read that book, Alan Carr's book, to what book? stop smoking. How about just stop smoking? Well, I guess if you've been doing it all your life, I don't know. Take up another hobby. I know. You'll have to talk to her. She's we'll get her on the pod. <laughs> no one's going to She's not. Yeah, no. When you're when you're in it, you're in it, you know? But when I was with her, she was smoking, and I'm like, I don't want to be smoking. Like, because my mom always says, don't smoke. It's bad. And I've just been smoking since I was like 17. Oof. But I quit for two months off Nick off like the jewel when off cigarettes um, at the beginning of lockdown for two months. So why'd you start back up again? Because then I came back home to LA and I was like, "What was the first one like? Did you know that you were being a loser? No, when you were reaching for that first one. Well, that's you're like uh, no, because in my head I'm like, it's just one hit of the jewel. I'm fine. I'm not gonna get addicted again. I got this." And then a couple more times I hit my friend's jewel and I was like, I need to buy my own. Damn. Yeah. That's that what happened with cigarettes. Like I wasn't addicted. Like I think people think that if you smoke one cigarette, you're going to be addicted. And that's not the case. I smoked one and I was fine. No, then... I've smoked one multiple times before shows. Yeah. I, I, I started with Tony. I smoked one of Tony's before a show back when Tony used to smoke. And I was like, dude, this gives you a crazy rush. Like, you smoked you mine in uh, like St. Louis or mm-hmm. St. Paul or something, and you were like buzzing. And I took some cigarettes from Dave Chappelle when we did shows together. Um, a cigarette before a show gets you buzzed. A cigar doesn't quite get you that buzzed. Like you got to inhale. And I think there's like whatever funky chemicals they put mm-hmm. in those cigarettes to get you addicted. Those are good. Yeah. Those, those they're chemists, so yummy. <laughs> those chemists are fucking. They they're know what the they're ball. doing. They do. It's so Unfortunately, yummy. they kill people. Yeah. It's crazy that no one's trying to stop it, but yet it kills half a million people a year. That's what's bizarre. That, that everybody's worried about COVID. COVID has killed less than 200,000 people. Cigarettes have killed probably in the same time of COVID more than 200,000 people. It's always crazy when you find out someone like someone's family member or friend got lung cancer and never smoked. That always freaks me out. Yeah, you can get lung cancer. Yeah. You can get lung cancer from toxins in the air. You can get lung cancer from genetics. You can get lung cancer, you know, environmental shit if you work yeah. in a factory that has a lot of weird fumes. But there's also so many things that kill people, like oh, yeah. fast food is oh, so unhealthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that, too. What's your go-to? Taco Bell. Really? Oh, you like yeah. eating garbage. I love garbage. You just, like, straight. I That's why you're shitting your garbage. pants all the time. It was once, okay? <laughs> Only once? once? Yeah. I've shit my pants at least... Once this month, you've got a couple more years on me. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I also eat 
like a lot of meat. Yeah, doesn't that make you shit? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Does crazy. meat give you loose? Stools? Oh my god, it gives you the most ridiculous diarrhea. Like I told Tom Segura, you got to try this carnivore diet because he was trying to lose weight, and I lost twelve pounds in a month. I got shredded. When but I isn't that kind of unhealthy to lose that much weight in a month? I don't know. It felt great. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. I was going to get my blood work done, but then I had to travel, and then the COVID hit. And I was like, oh, Christ. Yeah. Um, I forget what my excuse was. I had an excuse. Yeah. Not a good one, know. but I had an excuse. Do you but ever anyway, eat fast food? Oh, yeah, when you so called Tom, me yesterday, you were in and out Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the craziest order. Well. I thought you were feeding your whole family with your order. <laughs> he was on the speaker. He was like, yeah, can I get like 12 Flying Dutchmen? I'm no, like, four. I, I just know. had four <laughs> Flying Dutchmen. It's not that much meat. I guess. Is that one patty or two? Two patties with cheese. So that's a total of eight patties. Yes. Okay. Got to feed all this meat, you know? Do you eat like three meals a day? No. One. Generally, I eat um, very light in the morning. Mm -mm. Usually, unless I have a really hard workout. And then, like this morning, I just had eggs. Um, Just a couple, like three eggs. Yeah. And um, then- How do you cook them? Fry. Fried eggs. Mm. I thought that I would know how to cook eggs at this point in my life. You know, I'm 24. That's something that's pretty basic. You don't know how to do it? I keep fucking up eggs. How do you fuck that up? I I get really impatient, and so I put the heat on the pan way too high, and then the eggs are just, like, fried instantly. But I've gotten better. I'm getting better, but I don't think I could fry eggs. This is not that complicated. You know, you have a (laughs) very minor issue that you're complaining about here. (laughs) So I eat that. You know, I'll eat, like, a light breakfast before workout, and then I work out, and then I won't eat until dinner. I usually eat twice a day. Okay. And I eat a large dinner. Yeah. I see it on your Instagram. Well, you've seen me eat live. Like, yeah, in real good, time. Yeah, I eat it's a an lot. experience. <laughs> it's like going to the zoo and like feeding a giraffe. You're like, whoa. Well, people don't believe it. Like when I go to uh, a restaurant and I order two entrees, like, like the waiters are like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Like you're not gonna eat all that. I'm like, just watch me, bitch. It's fun going out to eat with you because when I was growing up, my dad would, you know, we I have two older sisters, and my dad was kind of single dad shop like food on a budget, mm-hmm. and so he'd be like, you know, the drill, no soda water only like Mm. the bare minimum so then when we get to go out after shows and eat i'm like i can get two entrees if i want and an appetizer yeah that is uh the good thing about growing up poor is that you really appreciate when you know you get good stuff yeah i don't want to say i grew up poor but we weren't like you know right you weren't starving yeah yeah well i grew up you know i mean we weren't starving either but we were poor yeah. You know, and we were on welfare when I was a kid. We drank powdered milk, you know, the whole deal. We had, we're on food stamps. Yeah. And, um, I'm when, on food stamps now. Are you? Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> I know. I'm on unemployment. Whew. It's crazy. How much are they giving you? How much do they give you for unemployment? I think I, you have to like put in all of your information and like, you know, whatever. And so I think I'm getting like $400 a week. Mm. The good news is you're you're living with your mom, right? So no, I'm living at my house. Oh, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were with your mom for a little while. Uh, yeah, but I kept my place because I was like, who knows how long this is gonna last? Who knows if I want to stay at my mom's house? Whatever. Like, it's nice to know I have that as an option because my parents live like in the greater Los Angeles area. But. I read that they're going to. Uh, there was a ban on evictions and 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 you know and making pe- forcing people to pay rent. Yeah. But that's gonna go up September first. They're going to force people to start paying again. But I'm like, okay. I've just been paying my rent. But what happens to those people? If you have five months of back rent 
and the rent is three thousand dollars a month or something like that. that's crazy yeah and all of a sudden you have to pay it all yeah it makes no sense it, that's why i was like i'm gonna pay mine now because I, who knows how much money i'm gonna have saved up yeah. after this so i might as well just pay luckily my rent is like cheap so it's manageable um and if i ever was in a pinch like i know my parents would help me out how long did you think this was gonna last uh, I, everyone was saying it was going to last like three months, but I was like, this is going to last longer. There's no way things are just going to be like, okay, if we do this, it's all going to go back to normal. It just felt too big for it to be over that quickly. Well, I was optimistic, unfortunately. Mm. I, I really did think it was going to be three months. I thought it was going to be two months, really. Yeah, I was, I like, was like, look, it takes, you get sick and then you're only sick for like a week, right? So if everybody just stays home... The people that are sick will get better. People won't get infected. This yeah. is simple. I just feel like um, like Americans are so like, uh, don't tell me what to do. Yes. And there's America's such a big country. How would you expect everyone to be on the same page? Well, we're it's a big country. We're all crazy. Yeah. And we travel around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And spit in each other's face. Yeah. And here you go. Here we are. Five yeah. months later. Is it five now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's five so. months. Five fucking months. No no end in sight. Do you feel like it's gone by fast or slow for you? Slow. Mm. It doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I'm not worried about myself. I'm worried about other people and I'm worried about the city. I'm worried about the economic aspects of this as much as I'm worried about the health aspects of it. Yeah. Because it just, I don't know how, look, when people get sick, they get better, right? Hopefully. But when a city gets that far gone, like as far as LA is right now, like I don't know how a city bounces back. I've never seen it happen. Like, I've seen cities that used to be big. Like, have you ever been to Detroit? Do we ever do a gig in Detroit? Mm -hmm. Detroit is interesting. Okay. Because Detroit used to be one of the most wealthy cities in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, at one point in time, during the height of the auto industry, you'd go to Detroit, and it was fucking Cadillacs and Camaros and Corvettes, and it was beautiful, and everybody was making money, and it was yeah. just uh, amazing. Now Detroit is sketchy as fuck. Isn't it getting... Coming back a little yeah. bit, a little bit, but when you drive through Detroit, you could buy a house for like five bucks. Crazy. The uh, the guys from Top Gear, they have a new show now. It's called the Grand Tour. Is that what it's called? Grand Tour. Um, they bought homes in Detroit. They went to Detroit and just bought houses. It was like they bought a house for like two thousand yeah. dollars, and then they were like, you know, like showing like what you can buy for two thousand bucks, and then they were driving their cars crazy. So crazy. It. I think once I make like a good amount of money, the first thing I'm going to do is invest. Move to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, move to Detroit. No, I think I would like invest in real estate. That's what everyone says, right? Don't listen to everyone. Okay. Yeah, I mean, investing in real estate is generally a good idea if you do it in the right place. Yeah. But. You know, I don't know. Just keep kicking ass. I remember when COVID first started, I hit you up. I was like, Joe, I'm scared. Do you have a guest house? <laughs> and you're like, I'm scared too. I'm like, that's not the answer I was looking for. I was scared. If you're beginning. scared, I'm scared. In the beginning, I was real scared. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, because I didn't know. First of all, the, the information you get from China is so, it's so filtered mm -hmm. by the Communist Party or the, the, the Chinese government. So, like, who is telling the truth? Like, how bad is this? So when yeah. it hit, and then, you know, when you see them sp driving on the street with those big tanks spraying the houses. Did you ever see those videos from China? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, li big Lysol trucks. It looks like Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. I was like, this is not good. Like, no. What are they doing? And then, 
you were getting information from cruise ships that were saying that it, it lasts up to 17 days just on surfaces. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, we're fucked. This I know. is a super bug. I was on a cruise at the beginning of the year, so I got it I got it out of the way. You were on a cruise? Yeah, I, I, I got booked to perform on a rave cruise. Oh, Jesus And I Christ. was like, this might be the worst experience of my life, but there's no way I can pass up on having that, you know? Was it good? It was so fun. It honestly like changed my life. <laughs> I like I was like, first of all, who goes on a rave cruise? Second of all, who goes to see comedy on a rave cruise? Yeah. And so I was like, I need to bring a friend. So I brought my friend Danny and I was like, he's gonna be the perfect person to have, whether this is the best or the worst time. And we pull up to the port in Miami. And it's like 11 a.m. and there's people in like blue wigs and fishnets drinking like Jack Daniel. Oh, that's me. I look at that smile. You look so happy. I was. And look at everybody has no mask on. No mask. This was oh, what a good time. The old days. The old. Look at it. it looks like I have abs in that picture. When do you think we're gonna go back? This is January 21st. This is right before the world ended. Yeah. When do you think we're gonna go back to no masks? Do you think some people are just gonna wear masks forever now? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, well, isn't, like, uh, I watched this Japanese reality show, and uh, it's so good. It's called Terrace House, and they just film people in this house. It's beautiful. And um, and people over there wear masks when they're sick. Like, yeah. that's just always been a thing. And so mm -hmm. I think maybe that's something that'll be implemented. Well, they did a really good job in stopping COVID because of that. Yeah. Just because they wear masks all the time. They didn't stop their businesses. Yeah. They didn't close down. And they only, I think only a 1,000 people died. Yeah. See, see if that's true. I think that's the number. And they're, they're starting to have resurgence in cases, unfortunately. Mm. But it's probably... That's and what now happens. everyone's, like, losing their <laughs> hair. What? They are? Yeah, I heard that... Alyssa Milano? <laughs> and other people. I think with her, it might be due... She might be, have stress. a lot of stress in her life. Stress, she yeah. seems, like, a little high strung. Stress out, that yeah. lady needs a joint. What is that? I don't know. <clears throat> Recovered 35,000... 1,000 deaths. That's amazing. 1,073 deaths in Japan. <laughs> That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, how do they do that? I don't know. And look at their big spike. The big spike is like towards the end of, uh, it looks like April 22nd. Do you think that this is like mostly accurate as best? I think Japan is honest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, they're just very disciplined. You know, they're very disciplined and they follow order. Yeah. You know, like if you, have you ever gone? No, I want to. It's well, beautiful. I wanted to. It's really interesting. It's like you're, I love the, I love when people are just human beings, but they have a whole different way of doing things. Like you go there, like, oh, look how they do it. Like yeah. You walk down the street, everybody's like real polite. Like nobody's bumping into each other, yelling at each other. It's like very orderly. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting. It's like really packed with people, but there's no litter. Yeah. It's. What's your favorite country you've been to? Well, I'm a big fan of America. Um, I love Canada. I've never I mean, I been. guess that's kind of a country that's yeah. separate from us because you could walk over there, but I mean, you could walk to Mexico too. Yeah, I, I love Canada. Perform, they're fuck. They're so nice up there. They're like America, but the, I always say with twenty percent less douchebags. Mm, that's nice. They're fucking nice. Yeah. They're really nice, and it's cold, and they so it violates my uh, dickhead cold weather theory. Mm. I used to have a dickhead cold weather theory because I grew up in Boston. Boston. I was like, why is everybody so dickheads here? Because it's, it's fucking cold. freezing. Yeah. But it's not because Canada's colder than that, and they're nice. If you go from Boston to Montreal, it'll ruin your dickhead cold weather theory. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, it's fucking colder here, and people are nice. Hmm. It maybe gets so cold that they're forced to be nice. Ah, uh, yeah, because they're all struggling. Gotta stay together. Yeah. Have you been Huddle. to Montreal? No, I've never, oh, been, to never been to Canada. Oh, you gotta go. It's yeah. awesome. I was it's hoping amazing. to do new faces this year. 
But if I had but a bail off the continental North America, if I had to get out of this this spot, I would go to Australia. Oh, I love Australia. Really? Yeah. I've never been, but it's not a place that like I'm super dying to go to. I, I, I really want to go to New Zealand. I would go there too. I've yeah. never been, but it looks amazing. Road trip. Yeah. Oh my God, let's do it. They just had four new cases. They, I know. They had they no were, cases. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty impressive. But um, Australia, the first thing I would do if I, do, I did move there is uh, try to convince them to drive on the right side of the road. I'm like, what are you doing? It's yeah. weird. Why are, you, why are you over here with you staring yeah. on the wrong side? Why? How did that happen? What happened when we came over to America? Was someone just like, let's just switch it all up? Everybody's jealous of us because we're the shit. <laughs> so they're like, well, they do it like that. We're going to do it like this. Yeah. Do you know why, though, honestly? No, that's what I'm asking. Um, the reason why is they drive on the left side of the road because if you were a knight and you were like in combat, you would want to have your enemy on your right side. So if you were riding towards them, you would want to have your enemy so you could slash at them with your, your dominant arm. Yeah. That's also why when you shake someone's hand, you shake someone's hand with your right hand because that's your dominant arm, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. So that's your sword arm. So these are all sword people. They're all old fucking What type of cars were knights driving? Like a Cadillac Escalade? They were on horses, honey. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> they, Got but it. They, when, they, when they'd Not run up to each escalate? other and stab each other, they would want to do it with their right arm. So they'd want the enemy to be on the right side of them. Crazy. Yeah. So they were on the left side of the road. Hmm. It's weird to think that that's I like... I might have made that up, by the maybe. way. Maybe. You know, I just trust... <laughs> I have blind faith. I'm like, I know less, so I'll just take that as a fact. Yeah, I still talk like the days before the internet. I just start saying shit, and I'm not sure if I fully researched I it. I know. But that's the crazy thing about the internet, is I feel so confused all the time. You you can with many things. With many subjects, you can get really confused. Is that a fact? I mean, it, I've... I'm pretty sure that's right, but I know like America drives on the right because we're like fuck that we're driving or like well, we're not we driving on the left. We invented cars, bro. So Did we're we? Like, fuck that we're driving on Detroit. the right. Ford, motherfucker. But like it's an anti-drive on the left is why we drive on the right. It's because they drive on the left is why we drive on the right kind of. <clears throat> um, you know what I'm saying? I, um, yeah, we're like the younger sibling who's like fuck you. We do it our own way. Oh, you? That's how you drive with horses? Well, with cars, we're gonna just flip it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what is the reason why they decided to drive on the right? It's got to be a reason. That's that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's like it colonization. Say? Just to be They're different. Like, Fuck British In rules. the early we're colonization not... of North America, English driving customs were followed and the colonies drove on the left. Ah, after gaining independence from that makes sense. They were anxious to cast off all remaining links with their British colonial past and gradually change to right hand driving. Aha. That makes sense. Have you ever, did you, when you were in Australia, did you like rent a car and drive yourself on the left side? No, I have never driven a car on the left-hand side. Yeah. I remember reading about Matthew Broderick, and he was over in Ireland, I believe, and he got in a fatal car crash, smashed into someone, and the speculation was that he was on the wrong side of the road, like he was coming home from the set, and then he fucked up. I, I remember reading that, I don't know if that's the case, but I do know he was in a, a bad car crash, and I was like, oh my God, you gotta be on your fucking P's and Q's if you're driving on the left side of the road. Because yeah. your head, like, do you know when you're driving, you get into that weird auto mode where you just, like, you ever be in your car and then all I of a sudden- I don't know how I get home right, sometimes. Like, how did I get here? Do you text and drive? No. Okay. No, I do not. I do not. Yeah, it's me too neither. tempting. I have a little slot in my car for my phone. It just goes yeah. right in there and I, I, don't, I don't do shit. In every car you have, you have a slot? Well, in the car that I drive the most. Yeah. The Tess? The Tesla has a slot. But the thing I like to do is this. I like to do, hey, Siri, text Ali Makovsky. And like, what would you like to say? And then that kind of shit. Yeah. Your phone go off when I said, hey, Siri? <laughs> People I get mad at you. Like, if you, they listen to the podcast, they get mad. 
That's, I have like you, an iPhone too, so I don't fine. have to See, worry it's about fine. it. Half the time, I have to, it's dirty. Oh, that. It's old. Yeah. The the. Why don't we? Well, we when we're placing in the new studio, are you gonna visit us in Texas? Duh. Duh. I was I was like you when you called me yesterday. I was like maybe he like wants me to like move with him, <laughs> and then you're like don't do the podcast. I'm like fine, I guess I'll stay in LA. <laughs> well, once everything's up and running, the, the I'll plan, babysit. Okay. Well, good. I've got nothing over My daughter here. likes you. She I know. You. She's so cute. Adorable. She's so cute. I the, was like, are you on TikTok? That's like how I, whenever I meet a young person, I'm like, are you on TikTok? I know the dances. The Chinese government is yeah. watching you. Do you um, think they're actually going to ban it? Yes. I think they're going to force a sale. That's what I think. I yeah. think probably some big American tech company is going to buy it. Because um, there was a group of software, I don't know if a group or some software engineer that uh, back engineered TikTok, and they said mm. this is the worst application we have ever seen in terms of violation of privacy. Whoa, it's the worst. Like it tracks fucking everything, and but they send that information directly to the Chinese government. So they're they're data mining. Is it bad that I don't give a fuck? Don't give a fuck. Should I care more that people are taking my privacy? Um, this is how I feel about that. Okay, tell you me. You are a twenty-four-year-old stand-up comedian. Twenty-five next month. So you're like, what am I going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to find out where I shit? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to find out where I take naps? I keep my laptop do? on with the camera on when I'm pooping just in case. Mm. If the government's watching, I want them to get the full range of me, you know? I, I feel like if they're wa they're paying attention to like hedge fund guys who are trying to overthrow governments. Yeah. You know, they're they're paying attention to like They don't care shit. about me? What do we do? We're fucking, I know we're, nothing. We talk shit. Like, yeah. Why? You know, the people that think that the government's watching everything you do, like, but bro, you're boring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're not. They're not paying attention to you. I guarantee you, they're not. But they're probably watching you, don't you think? Yeah, they're watching. <laughs> they listen to everything I say. I'm sure. But I mean, say everything publicly. So. Yeah. The things that get me in the most trouble, I say right here. Yeah. You're <laughs> <laughs> just talking shit. But you know, that's the business. The business is the talking shit business. Yeah. What are you gonna do? But that's the thing to get back to, like, being so confused about information now because there's so much information. I don't know what to believe. Isn't it crazy, like, having a podcast and then, like, saying something and being like, oh, I don't know if that's right. Well, that's what Jamie's for. Jamie. Jamie's the best. Jamie, Jamie pulls things up all the time that I thought were right. I know. I've always like, wanted actually... to. <laughs> actually, you're wrong. Well, I mean, if you're coming to me as your major source of information, you are already fucked. Yeah. If I say something that I absolutely know to be sure, I will say that I absolutely know this to be sure. Yeah. And if I say something and I go, I don't know if that's true, please Google it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm just, I'm not supposed to be a source of information. I'm just not. Yeah. It's not my thing. You I, just have a lot of information. I, I Whether have it's some factual or not. I, I'm a shit talker. That's yeah. what I am. A professional shit talker. Yeah. I talk shit. Eight out of 10 times, I don't even mean what I say. Yeah. <laughs> that's the crazy yeah. thing too about the internet is that. Some people will just like assume that everything you say is real and it's like no there's some you know there's some like I'm going to put this up later here okay. I'll, uh, I'll I'll send this to you Jamie right now this is uh, Tim when he was getting his covid test <laughs> Oh my god and this is something that I'm sure people are going to be pissed about but this is a, a perfect example of what I like I don't need everyone to be serious and or telling the truth. Yeah. And I like the fact that I can tell the difference. And yes. I, I like when people say outrageous shit that they don't really mean. Yeah. And I'm that's one of the things that frustrates me the most about this internet culture is that people love to take something like that Tim Dillon would say in this clip and put it in quotes and pretend that he really means it. Play that. And have it totally out of context. 
Oh, it's it's actually a fairly large video. Should I? Um, you got it? Oh, you got it. Yeah, put it up there and then give us some volume. This is uh, Tim Dillon taking his COVID test. Here we go. I'll put it on the internet after the podcast. <laughs> How's that, buddy? I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. This disease doesn't exist. What? <laughs> you, this is outrageous. I can't even put this on the this internet. It does not exist. <laughs> it's fake. Oh, no. <laughs> See, now, there's a lot of people that would be like, that's Jamie. <laughs> He added his emoji. But it's like, there's so many people that are like, you know how many fucking people died? 147,000 Americans. That's what they would do. They would take that yeah. clip and then they'd go, oh, you're yucking it up? Ha, ha, ha. Grandma's dead. Yeah. What like, are we supposed to do? Be sad about grandma all the time? All the time. All the time. We're supposed to be sad. Everything's supposed to be serious. These humorless fucks who spend all day complaining about things. Yeah. But I get it. Because there's no work. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, of course it's sad, but that's, like, why comedy is so important and to make light of things and be ridiculous. Because oh, it's, like, there sure. needs to be a balance. For sure. It's, that's what we do. Yeah. And it's also, like, what we enjoy. Like, one of the things about the comedy store is that I enjoyed the most is, like, going there and people would, go, like, talk shit to you. You really wearing that? Like, what? You, yeah. Are you really wearing that? And then all of a sudden, it'd be like a, a roast fest. You'd be standing <laughs> yeah. there going, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're shitting on my clothes or shitting on my shoes or, you know, it's like, it's fun. It's fun. Like, in saying things you don't mean are yeah. fun. I remember when it was like me, you, and Santino out somewhere and we were getting brunch and I was like wearing a shirt and you're like, what the fuck is that tattoo on your arm? <laughs> And what I was like, that what's tattoo? that tattoo on your arm? <laughs> we were just going back and forth. That's dumb. What does that mean? You get that at the thrift store? What is that tattoo? I don't I know. Forget. It's a rowboat with a flower in it. Mm. Okay. I got it for 10, 10 bucks. I want a, a raffle. That's a good deal. Yeah. Stays with you forever. Yeah. When you're 80. <laughs> it is for 10 bucks. Today it's not it's, even going to look like that. Today it's $1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my friend got a tattoo gun. On Amazon. You know that anyone can just buy a tattoo gun on Amazon? You can just start tattooing yourself? Oh my god, you tattooed your palm? I what saw the that, Post Malone episode and I was like, I gotta get another tap before I come on. Were you thinking about getting one in your cheek? No, Would not yet. Would you do like a little star? Like I I have thought about a face right tattoo. Right above your eyebrow? Like a tiny little one over here. Ooh. Maybe. There's been multiple face tattoos on this podcast. And you know the one I forgot? Who? Mike Tyson. I forgot he has a face tattoo. Yeah. I forgot. A prominent one. The first one, though, was Kat Von D. She mm. was number one. And she has a gang of them. She's got little stars all over the yeah. place. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And then uh, the second one was, uh, was the second one Tyson? Who else? You had Kat Van Von D on? Well, yes. Yeah. Early, early in the day. She's awesome. Yeah. But Travis Barker probably has the most tattoos. He's so talented. He's a great guy, too. He's like a legend. He's so cool. He's such a sweetheart of a person, too. Like a really genuinely yeah. nice guy. But he's got face, head, neck, yeah. everything. He, like, he was on his uh, Instagram the other day getting new tattoos. He's like, I'm out of space. Yeah. So they're just like drawing over old tattoos, like new writing. Yeah. You know, like. Do you think he'd get like a skin graft just so he can do like a new? Well, tattoo? he's actually had skin grafts because yeah. he had a the plane, plane crash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he would. Skin grafts are fucking painful. Yeah. Yeah. But he's have you got ever everything had one? covered. Yeah, I have a skin graft once. Uh. Um, he's got uh, literally them everywhere. He's got them everywhere. Really? I mean, yeah, 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 everywhere. Like top of his head, 
all the way down his hands, his arms, his legs. Damn. Everything's tattooed. Like, see, see if you can find the video. The video is kind of crazy. I have a weird amount of tattoos where I'm like, I, it's like, I feel like I'm playing blackjack right now. I'm like, should I quit? Or yeah, look. Hit? He's out of space. Damn. It's everywhere. Well, Under his chin. There's still some face room. Yeah. Some but, cheeks. Well, there was a, a fake picture that somebody, may, may, might have been him, that he posted of his face fully tattooed. It was like, damn, he might have went all in. But it was fake. How old were you when you got your first tattoo? 23, maybe. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, I still have it. It's like a, a demon with a jester's hat on. Nice. Stupid. I know. All my tattoos are so stupid. It's there to remind me that I used to be a moron. Yeah. I, I feel like... like that's what these are. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> You're going to be a different person. Well, I'm still a moron, but I'm I'm definitely less of a moron than when I was 23. Yeah. That's why it's... That's why... Uh... That's why I really liked, like, being at the store and, like, having people like you and Tony and Santino and just, like, all the people there, like, you know, because for me, being a young person in comedy, I'm always like, were you guys, like, bad when you first started? Oh, we were terrible. I'm like, did you guys know what you wanted to talk about? And it's so cool being able to, like, ask you guys for advice and, like, have these mentors. And well, it's also the, the, the guys you're talking about, everyone's gen genuinely honest. Like, they'll tell you the times they bombed. Like, the worst is people that don't admit they bomb or don't admit when they bombed. Because, like, okay, you're protecting yourself and you're damaging our relationship. Yeah. By protecting yourself, first of all, it doesn't really work. You're yeah. not really protecting yourself. And two, you're damaging our relationship. Because now I can't listen to you. Because yeah. now I, know, I think you're full of shit. Yeah. That's not good. Remember uh, remember when we were in St. Paul in, in the arena and I said, what's up, St. Louis? <laughs> That was rough. You, oh my god! You barely recovered from that one. I thought I was gonna get burned alive after Ooh, the show. They got mad, and I opened it up. I was the first one on stage. I was like so excited. I'm like, "What's up?" Oh no! Dead silence. And oh, I'm like, no. "That's that's not how this works." Oh no! Yeah. Oof. But then I recovered. Thank God. I think I've done that before. I think I called Minneapolis, Michigan once. Yeah, I, I retired saying what's up wherever I'm at. What's I'm up? like, I'll just get into yeah. it. Well, there's some places that demand respect. Like if you go to New York and you call it Philly, your show's over. Yeah. What's up, Philly? What? <gasps> they would just, boo! That's a mistake you can't yeah. make. Boo! Oh, my God. Some mistakes you can't make. But if you call St. Paul, St. Louis, you're like, oh, my God, I'm a fucking idiot. Like a couple minutes later, if you have some good jokes, they'll forget. Yeah. New York will never forgive you if you call it Philadelphia, if no. you call it New York Philadelphia, or if you call Philadelphia New York, they'll, they'll kick your ass. Wouldn't you know the difference between Philly and New York? Not if you're drunk. Uh, yeah. You don't drink. Don't when drink. did you stop with the boozing and everything else? Um, I stopped everything uh, the day after Halloween of 2015. Was it a rough Halloween? It was a rough Halloween. <laughs> yeah, not one of my best moments. So 2000, you were 19 then? I was 19. Wow. I think I was... 20 mm. yeah so right around then yeah because i yeah i um i woke up half naked on my dad's couch and i was like this is not the way i want to be <laughs> waking up <laughs> this is not a pretty sight were you out all night or yeah and i was like i was moving to la november 1st 2015 and i was like okay i still want to go out for halloween but i like need to be respectful <laughs> no no hard alcohol just like a couple beers Get your shit together. Don't be a piece of shit. 
blacked That's amazing. out, woke up half naked. So whenever people are like, how long have you lived in L.A.? I'm like, uh, four years, seven months, you know, whatever days. Right. You can get it down to the yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous chip. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Jim Norton's the same way. Yeah. Nor Norton stopped when he was 19. Oh, really? He, yep, yep. He realized, he's like, I, I'm a fucking mess and I, I can't do this. And so. I thought when I started comedy, I was like... I was like, everyone who is successful drinks. Like, it's just part of it. Like, you have to be boozing and schmoozing and, like, having a good time after the show and, like, partying it up and have this, like, rock star yeah, attitude. Yeah, the rock star shit. Yeah. And then I realized that there were so many successful comedians who don't drink. And I was like, okay, maybe this is, like, possible. Yeah, oh, it's very possible. I yeah. mean, Hicks did his best work after he cleaned up. Yeah. He didn't, you know, didn't do anything. Yeah. When he was... Like in his thirty, I think he quit like at like thirty or something like that. Mm. But then whatever he had done caught up to him already. But he smoked a lot of cigarettes, mm. which is just as bad, my friend. Yeah, he he's your stop. favorite, right? Hicks? He's your favorite, yeah. No, no, oh. he's not my favorite. Um, he's not the funniest. He was a a great mind, and I think he had really interesting thoughts. And I think that his comedy was very revolutionary. In that it changed the way people thought about doing comedy. Like, because you could do comedy and talk about important issues. You could talk about complex things. Yeah. And it, it inspired me to talk about more complex things. But Kinnison. But you think, didn't start out talking about complex things, no, did you? No. Okay, thank God. No, no. Because no. I'm like, my my ass, no. whatever my jokes are. Yeah, Sucking dick, doing whatever. <laughs> you know, the dumb shit. Of course. Of and course. I'm always like, I hope I'm, I mean, I don't mind if I keep talking about whatever, like dumb shit. I just wanted to be like a little bit more elevated. Well, some people talk about dumb shit forever and it's great. Yeah. Like it doesn't, you don't, there's no rules. It just has to be funny. I used to be so insecure, you know, about, you know, my dumb jokes, which I think are funny. But they're, you know, the it's not like I'm breaking boundaries or like opening people's yeah. minds to, you know, but new But the problem thought. is the people that want to do that all suck. The people that want to break boundaries, yeah. the people that want to open people's minds, yeah. like they're almost always annoying. Yeah. Like I think the jokes should be, well, there's two things that should be possible, right? First of all, what you're saying for the people in the audience should be entertaining, should be interesting. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that Hicks said, like just try to be, try to be interesting. He had like a, see if you can find this. He had like a rules to comedy thing that he wrote that's very insightful. It's really interesting. I mean, when you think about it, the guy died, I think he was only like 33 Damn. when he died. Yeah. He was just really fucking smart. Yeah. You know, just really smart and also started comedy really young. <clears throat> so here it is. Bill Hicks' Principles of Comedy. If you can be yourself on stage, nobody else can be you and you have the law of supply and demand covered. You're, the act is something you fall back on if you can't think of anything else to say. Number three, only what, only do what you think is funny, never just what you think they will like, even though it's not that funny to you. Number four, never ask them, is this funny? You tell them this is funny. Number five, you are not married to any of this shit. If something happens, taking off on a tangent, never go back and finish a bit, just move on. Number six, never ask the audience, how you doing? People who do that can't think of an opening line. They came to see you tell them how they're doing. Asking that stupid question up front just digs a hole. This is the most common mistake. I like how he writes that in all caps. Yeah. This is the most common mistake with a, well, not all caps, front word, uh, first letter caps. The most common mistake made by performers 
I want to leave as soon as they say that. Number seven, write what entertains you. If you can't be funny, be interesting. That's what I was talking about. You haven't lost the crowd. Have something to say and then do it in a funny way. Number eight, I close my eyes and walk out there and that's where I start. Honest. Number nine, listen to what you are saying. Ask yourself, why am I saying it and is it necessary? This will filter all your material and cut the unnecessary words, economy of words. You're super into that. Economy of words yeah. is everything. It's everything with jokes. Number 10, play to the top of the intelligence of the room. There aren't any bad crowds, just wrong choices. That's not true. Yeah. That's just not true. There are definitely bad crowds. Number 11, remember this is the hardest thing there is to do. That's not true. Being a soldier, way fucking harder. If you can do this, you can do anything. Nope, you can't tell people jokes and then do brain surgery. I can't do shit. Yeah, that's not true. I'm useless. Number 12, I love my cracker roots. Get to know your family. Be friends with them. Well, that's not the worst advice. But the, all the, the thing that is a problem with any of that stuff is this is how you do it. The beautiful thing about comedy is there is no this is how you do it. Yeah. Like there's Mitch Hedberg and there's Sam Kinison. Yeah. Those are two all-time greats. There's Richard Pryor. And there's Louis C.K. There's Dave Chappelle, and there's Emo Phillips. There's yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait, and there's fucking, you know, I mean, you can do that all day. There's, but I think that just goes back to like just be who you are on stage. Yes, yes, but also do what you feel like doing. Like Gaffigan likes to do his kind of comedy. Yeah. Right. If all of a sudden Gaffigan had to do like, uh, you know, someone else's act, like Bobby Lee or something like that, like it wouldn't be. It's not. What he's interested in, you yeah. know, is he, you find what you like to do. It's like some people are country music stars. Some people are rappers, you yeah. know, like everyone's got their own thing. They're and doing. that's the thing with like comedy is I feel like when you're starting out, it can feel so like competitive or um, like, should I be doing what this person's doing? Cause they're doing things or whatever. But I, I feel like I have to look at it like music. It's like, oh, I like a rapper and I also like this like corny pop musician mm -hmm. they're in totally different lanes they're not competing against each other they're not looking at each other being like why are they doing that they're doing their own thing and i can appreciate both artists or both songs or whatever you know what i mean Does i do know sense? what you mean but yeah. some people can't and some comics can't some comics decide that they don't like what you do yeah. so you shouldn't be doing it yeah they get angry yeah you know you shouldn't be talking about sex you yeah. should be talking about you know like whatever absurd things yeah but that's like because comedy is if you go to a comedy club it's just a comedy club but nobody goes to a music club and doesn't know what kind of band is playing if you go to see rock and roll and uh all of a sudden a, a folk singer shows up you get upset yeah like there's no other venue like that where like someone will go on stage and they're metallica and then right afterwards would be like sarah mclaughlin yeah like, that's a weird combination but in comedy that's a combination that exists all the time you, yeah. will, you will see weird combinations like that all the time where if you're on a, a 10 person show like at the store where 10 people are doing 15 minute sets you are likely to see the full spectrum of comedy yeah you know, like all kinds of weird shit that's why I like the original room so much because mm -hmm. it goes until, you know, two in the morning, sometimes longer, and you get to see the weirdest stuff. And Yeah, well, that's where I saw Laura. Laura Beats. Yeah. I mean, and I became a giant fan of hers, and I put the post on my Instagram because me and Kreischer, we did a show, this big-ass sold-out show yeah. in the main room, and then Bert and I sat down in the back of the room, and Laura was on stage, and there was like maybe... 
I mean, 15 people or something, something like that. A small ass crowd. By the time she was off stage, the crowd had doubled. Yeah. Because they were coming in to sit down to listen to her. And that doesn't seem like a lot. You know, oh, it was only 30 people, but that's a big jump. Yeah. And for the OR at like whatever time that was, she's so talented. She's so funny. And just so like, ah! You know, I, like, yeah, I love her, her style. And it's like what he was saying. She's herself. Yeah. She knows how to do it. And she works so hard. Like her and I talked about writing and she showed me her notebook. First of all, everything is like, there's like a line and then a space. Like she has, like leaves a whole line bare and then yeah. the next space. I'm like, oh, you're fucking organized as fuck. Yeah. And she's like, yes, I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. I have like, a friend who her notes are color coded. Ooh. She has it like color coded jokes that like really work. Jokes that need some work on them, brand new jokes, and then like certain parts of the joke are color coded differently. And I'm like, my brain does not work like that. Does she use highlights or she use tabs? She she does it on her computer and phone. Oh. Yeah. And then like when she's doing a show, I think she just like transfers what she wants to do into the notebook. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody's got their own interesting way of doing it. Ron Funch said something really interesting. I heard. I listened he was like, to the pod. Write, Ron was like, write what you love, you hate. And, and then what you fear. I yeah. was like, oh. And I, I texted him after the podcast. I go, I ask that question all the time. Like, what's your process? Rarely do I get an answer that makes me go, oh, mm -hmm. I'm going to implement that. And so I, I told him that. I mean, I know it's probably a standard writing exercise, but I, I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. It's probably just a great way to really figure out your perspective on things and mm -hmm. figure out your like uh, point of view and... The and angle that a, you want to take. For a bit, it seems like the perfect combination because yeah. you always want to combine those three things. Yeah. What scares the fuck out of me, what I love, and what I hate. Yeah. Those things are awesome together. Yeah. That really is comedy. It's a very smart way to write. I was like, that that made a big difference. Yeah. I just can't wait till it fucking opens up again. I know. I feel like I'm in retirement. Ooh. I'm like, do I go to Palm Springs? And Well, saying people like you, <clears throat> you're in the middle of your development. This is when the party's happening. Mm -hmm. This is when everything's rocking and rolling and you get shut down, right? I was saying to Chappelle Lacey the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like here you are in the middle. Everything's starting to rock and roll and kicking up and you're starting to do sets and it's picking up and it's picking up and yeah. it's picking up. And all of a sudden, boom. I know. I was. I did my first headlining show and then I was on my way to do my second headlining weekend uh, in Denver at Comedy Works. And then the day that I got there, things got really crazy and they were talking about the L.A. lockdown. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, I can't do the rest of the shows here. So then I flew home, canceled the rest of the shows. Oh, you were worried that they were going to lock down where you can't fly in? Yeah, I think I texted you. I was like, oh, I don't know right. what to do. Like, I'm already here. I feel bad canceling. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's one of those things where where it was, it was really obvious that everything was going to cancel. Because yeah. we were at the store, and I was supposed to do the main room. And uh, I think I was doing the main room, I think it was more than one show. It might have been two nights. Yeah, I was supposed to host. Yeah. And then they called me up, and they said, hey, the state is putting a, um, they're making a limitation. So you can only have 200 people in a room, and obviously the main room is bigger than that. So yeah. we're going to shut the shows down. I'm like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. And they're like, do you, do you, uh, would, would you rather do the OR? We'll move your show to the OR and move as many people there as you can. And I'm like, I don't know if we should do shows. Yeah. I was like, what do we do? What, what if we all get sick? Yeah. You know, and that was in the early days when no one knew what it was and what's going to happen to us. And I was in Vegas. I think it was like first week of March. That was the, the last time we had a Vegas show with a, a live audience. And it was this pa packed T-Mobile arena. And I remember thinking, like, this, is, this feels weird. 
Like people were on the plane. Some had masks. Some didn't. This guy wanted to shake my hand, and I was like, "I'll shake your hand." He's like, "You sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm still shaking hands." It was like March seventh or something yeah. like that. Crazy. Yeah. Here we are. I think it's been like so unorganized with how to handle it, and that's why I think there's so much like uh, resistance towards doing things now. Wow, it's like they didn't know. No one knew. Yeah. It's. I was saying this on the podcast the other day. When you become a governor, you don't become a governor because you pass a bunch of tests that show that you accurately know how to handle each and every situation. Yeah. You become a governor because you're popular. You win a popularity contest. You back the right bills. You say the right things. You got the best hair. And people are like, I like him. Let's see if he can run shit. And then something like this happens and you realize like, oh, these motherfuckers, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. This is just guesswork. And like, "We're, we're going on science. No, you're not. Yeah. Stop saying that. You're not going outside. Because if you were, you'd be telling people to take vitamin D. You'd be telling people to take zinc. You'd be telling people large doses of vitamin C. You'd be handing that shit out. You'd be on every corner. People would be able to get vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. You'd pass it out. You don't, you don't know what you're doing. Is that the magic That's a big combination. Vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. The, the virus apparently has a very difficult time replicating in your system when mm. you have all those things. And this is all, they don't know why they don't exactly know what's the what the deal is but there's some direct evidence that points to that including a bunch of studies that have been done on people that are in the ICU or more than 80% of them in the ICU have low levels of vitamin D insufficient levels of vitamin D only 4% have sufficient levels is vitamin D the sun one yes okay that's the one that we have a real problem with i've been going to the beach a lot well that's good you yeah. need to take it too though oh unfortunately because we're really supposed to be outside all day these all this house shit that's not really uh I, nature doesn't know what we're doing yeah nature's I, like why are you bitches where's your sun yeah like we're designed to get sun all the time i always think about your joke you know when there's certain people i've told you this before but there's certain jokes that just always stand out to you like you always just kind of like think about them the joke about uh about houses and how underwater there's no houses there's nowhere to hide oh yeah 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 that's the the most dangerous neighborhood yeah. in the yeah. world is the ocean. Yeah. Because there's no indoors. But it's so true. It's like oh, yeah. houses are such a weird concept. Like obviously they make sense, but like it is a weird concept to be like, this is my safe space. Don't mm-hmm. enter. There's locks on the door at my own bedroom in my house so the people in my house can't come in. Well, that's why human beings have figured out a way to manipulate the entire world. Whereas <clears throat> whereas uh, people in the ocean, like uh, dolphins, ocean people, they never figured it out. They have no, they, they never rest. Yeah. They're always, ah, oh, shark, ah, octopus, ah. They're always just running away from shit. Yeah. They never have a chance to sit down and close the door and go, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, that's what you, you have when you have a living room and a gun. You can shut the door and you, you feel a little bit safe and you can start thinking about things. Like, people had to develop weapons and they had to develop housing. Yeah. They had to develop shelter. They had to, they had to figure out where to stockpile food and that's, that's how we figured out how to become human. Yeah. But until then, we were basically like the smartest animals. We were the animals that figured out how to use tools. And now we're just dumb. Now we're just soft. Jelly. <laughs> little, yeah. Little fucking bags of water. <sighs> I don't drink enough water. Why not? I don't know. It's free. I know. Drink it. I'm, I'm going to just you stockpile wanna, you drink all mo- these. Make a deal with your mom. You drink water. I'll stop smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's going to listen to this episode, so. Will she? Oh, my God, yeah. She's jazzed. Well, your mom's a very nice lady. I know. I met your mom. She wanted to say thank you. Oh, I love her. She's great. She's sweet. Stop smoking, lady. 
Yeah, I'm Jennifer. While, while I'm smoking weed. Stop mm-hmm. smoking. Uh, yeah. Jennifer. Jenny. Get it together. Both of my parents work together. I think it's so funny. They've been divorced since I was like five or six, and they have the same job. <laughs> That's and funny. every once in a while, they'll work together and send a selfie <coughs> to me and my sisters. There was something that I tweeted today that says marijuana <coughs> stops people from getting COVID. That can't be real. <laughs> it was going around early. I'll see if it's the same thing that was happening. I bet Tommy Chong wrote it under a pen name. That's probably fake. Uh, <clears throat> So when do you decide to pull out the real cancer-causing cigarette and leave the jewel alone? Me? Yeah. Sometimes when do you I stop smoke, it all? No, sometimes you smoke oh. cigarettes. May 18th, 2020. New Canadian study reportedly says marijuana may prevent the coronavirus. Aha! Yeah, it said that they had like uh, one strain of a sativa, I believe. I remember reading this back uh, then that like might have some... I don't know Something's, if I believe yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was like, let's let's study mm. this, though. Please study it. Because does it. this is probably dumb, <laughs> but does when you smoke anything, marijuana, cigarettes, whatever, does that go into your bloodstream or just your lungs? It goes into your bloodstream from your lungs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Strong obje- update. Strong objection to the believed treatment has been extended to the source for Dr. Kovalek's report. The source what is, is what, who wrote this, actually. This is uh, posted in the source blog magazine. Oh, okay. I understand. Right. But strong objection. Like, look at that. But look at the, the post that, that says at the bottom again. Go back to the bottom part. Strong objection to the believed <laughs> treatment has been extended to the source for Dr. Kovalev's. But that doesn't mean anything. Why does it say Shabi Allah at the bottom? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, someone hmm. reached out and said that's not true. About the author? That's the author's name, I guess. No, no, no. I mean, someone. Oh. Well, it says about the author, Shabi Allah. That's oh. what she's talking about. Oh, the that's their name. Oh, no, I was saying this. I, was I know. We're talking about different things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a strong objection to the believed treatment has been extended to the source for Dr. Colville Chuck's work. But a strong objection, what was the objection? And who is it from? And like, why, why would you just, that one sentence is like a weird sentence. Yeah, I don't Isn't know. Isn't it weird to put that at the end of a, a thing? Strong objection to the so believed treatment? So it's pretty treatment? much saying like, uh, this is not real. Well, it's not saying that, though. It's saying someone's strong objection to the believed treatment has been extended. That's what it's saying. So someone objected, but they're not saying who objected. They're not saying what they said. Is that kind of like nine out of ten doctors recommend this, and there's that one doctor who's like, hmm, Colgate, not for me. That's maybe who he is. Maybe it's Dr. Colgate. Okay, Jamie's Googling it. I mean, I just Turn so- on the fan. Oh, well, this posting this was it was it got posted like clickbait when oh, it okay. first came out. So that's like people were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, the weed heads. Everyone wants weed to be the fucking." Of course they do. Thing that fixes do you think it. is that? You think that's real? Do no, you think it's real? No, I don't. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound right. Um, can you turn the yeah. fan on, please? We have a, a fan that sucks all the smoke out of here. We don't have to think about it. Ready? Here it goes. We thought of everything. I Watch know. It. It just sucks it out of here. You really have this all down to a science. How many years has it been since you first started? Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. I love doing this, playing the game of how old was I? You were a baby. I was a baby, yeah. I think yeah, I was you like were in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. No TikTok back then though, huh? <sighs> what a so shame. So boring. I know. You could have been a TikTok superstar. I know. Maybe you would have got started being professional like TikTokers. <laughs> because some people who are just professional TikTokers. They they actually make a living. Oh yeah, TikToking. Oh yeah, a good living too. Dancing. Yeah. Just fucking TikTok. Yeah, it's all the rage. So That's what the... happens? How do you get money? 
uh you i think you reach enough followers and likes where companies start coming in and being like we can profit off of putting something in your video and making money off of you and then apparently <clears throat> you know they have enough talent to be in like super bowl commercials and whatever so you i really like tiktok i know you do i can tell oh my god this guy is 79 million girl it's the top girl in there who so Who is it? Oh, you got it. She got it with skin like. That's Charlie D'Amelio. Seven That's months, something like that. Within seven months, she got seven. And she's million? like 16, yeah. 15, 16. Her sister has a bunch <clears throat> of followers and now have a YouTube channel. They have a yeah. makeup line. Dude. It went. First of all, I apologize for calling her a dude because all I saw was the number. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had it zoomed in. I don't know why I assumed it was a guy. Probably because I'm sexist. But that, uh, that one in the beginning, that first video that you just played. The first one to the left, where she's TikToking, where she's dancing and moving. Like, in the future, right? If you were watching a movie that was made in, like, the 1980s about how fucked up the world would be in 2020. Yeah. And this was, like, something that just millions and millions and millions of people would be into, just seeing people do this. But here's the thing with TikTok. Sure, everyone knows about the dancing and the lip singing and whatever. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I like about TikTok is that... That your main feed is based on videos you like. So if you're not liking dance videos, you're not going to see dance videos on your feed. Oh, what were you seeing? And it's not based on people you follow. This is how old I am and how little I know about TikTok. No, I love this. I thought this. it was all people doing this. No, I finally get to teach Joe something. Woo, they don't? Woo, woo, you haven't woo, seen woo. Christina Pazichke's curations? No. She has a whole different very like version of what TikTok is. Oh my is. god, her TikTok algorithm scares the shit out of me. What does she do on TikTok? She doesn't she has a TikTok. <laughs> she posts a lot of like YMH clips on there and stuff, but she posts what her feed looks like on her stories on Instagram and it'll be like the most country, like bumpkin type of people, no teeth, like kissing their brothers and sisters. Like it's wild. Is that because of stuff she posts, or it's stuff because she of looks the stuff at? that she likes? I think oh, she likes that's that hilarious. weird, like deep, like southern, yeah, part of TikTok. She, that's funny. Well, they love absurd shit. Oh, I know. Your mom's house is such a good podcast. It's first so of all. good. It's uh, the two of them together. You got two literally of the best stand-up comedians on earth that happen to be married to each other, and one of the only arguments, other than like, there's a few other like Moshe Kasher and Natasha. Yeah. Legero. That is a great example of two really talented, really funny, really smart people. That it actually works. Yeah. As a, a marriage. Yeah. But you don't get too many of those. You get like Rich Voss and Bonnie McFarland. Yeah. That's a good example. Both fucking hilarious. Both really smart. Don't you just want to like spy? on them i always want to like go to their house and be like what do you guys do when you're not like they're just funny i know they're funny with each other too they their podcast i don't know if they still do it are they still doing that podcast they did it wasn't it was on sirius i'm, I'm calling it a podcast but it was on uh, satellite radio i remember stopping in the parking lot once at uh, disneyland and uh listening to it i had to go inside i had to, I had to go get something from the car my wife hates me. Is it still on? Is it on? Um, sorry, this is so disjointed. Folks. This is a podcast. <clears throat> this is it's on the Riotcast network, which I think the newest uh, episode yeah, I mean, came out last month. So, so is it on episodes. iTunes and all that stuff too? Seems like it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I remember parking in my car and not and just the I just sat in the car for five minutes listening to how how the story finished out. Yeah, because the two of them together, like Rich is like one of the best guys ever at taking a joke. He's like when on the Opie and Anthony show, like he was fantastic at going with it and taking a joke. And then when they would fuck with each other, like 
Rich Voss comes from this old school New York City stand up world where there's always some shit going on in the crowd. There's always some people that are causing a ruckus. There's always, and he's just a master at handling shit like that. Mm -hmm. Just so relaxed under pressure and like working the crowd he's a rich voss a master crowd work and guy. like big j okerson masterful it's big such J's a, a master. skill oh yeah outside of stand up like just jokes yeah Did you see what happened to big j last night yeah who uh fell off the stage he got yanked off the <gasps> stage what happened it said that he was like talking shit to some girl like a girl in the crowd and that was the boyfriend he got pissed what <gasps> like fucking that's what happened that's what i read i mean I is he okay I, I think so dude that looked horrible yeah i'm trying to He's a funny fucking dude. Yeah. Big J's very funny. His uh his stand-up comedy album is excellent. It's really funny. Yeah. I that's like one of those skills that I'm like, what? Well, he's a great storyteller too, yeah. you know? So, oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all the well wishes. As you can see, I'm all good. Mad chilling. Oh my god, he's funny. Those guys, all those Legion of Skanks guys, they are they're doing like comedy for savages oh yeah only savages yeah like just even the name legion of skanks you know it's a dirty crowd but it's like they're embracing it they're have like, you ever this gone to a world. skank fest i have not i was supposed to but then corona hit lots of smells <laughs> lots of smells lots of smells that's what stands out to me god damn comedy and it i i went once when it was in new york i did some shows and it was like they did it like in the dead heat of summer. So everyone's sweating. Everyone has hair everywhere. And it was just the smelliest event. But the most fun, you know, their fans are like so into it and they're like so down for a good time. I think that's why I like the rave crews because everyone's just yeah. so down. Well, it's also people that are just shirking all responsibility. This is it. Mm -hmm. And just having fun. Okay. So here, Jay's on stage. <gasps> The guy kick him off the stage? No, so, that's what it looks like. Uh, that's I think that was Louis J. Gomez like watching. Oh, Sash. the guy grabbed his leg. He jumped and tried to save him. Wait, so one the, more time. One more time. So the, there's a guy grabbing his leg and pulling oh, him shit. off the stage. Oh, Jesus. You can get really hurt like that. Yeah, that's fucked. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I don't know what he said to the dude. Neither do I. I mean, that wasn't public. So. <laughs> but there's no, there's no excuse for that, sir. Have you ever been beat up performing? No, I have not. Yeah. No. It's always possible. Do you kind of like almost, not when you're performing, but do you almost like want a fight to initiate no. so you can like prove your skills? No, no. I do. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't want anybody to get hurt. Oh my gosh. I just want to have fun. I, I almost got into a fight at the park. I started skating during lockdown, skateboarding. Yeah. And, uh, Any good? You know, I've gotten better. Are you shredding? I'm shredding. I'm fucking ripping it, it up out there. Do you it on TikTok? Is that a section I of TikTok? I do put it on TikTok, yeah. You do? Yeah. None of my videos go viral. I'm too old. <laughs> Maybe if I was ska skating and dancing at the same time, it would work. It's but. like uh, age on TikTok is like there's there's a certain age I would imagine where it gets cool again. Like when you're your 90 year old grandma's on TikTok, oh, like that's cool. That's my feed. There's right. like 90 year old grandmas who their like grandkids are telling them what to do, and it's. But like fun. guys my age, 53 year old guys TikTok dancing. They're on there, no. and it's frightening. Yeah. No, they're doing this stuff. Yes. Now, where did this come from? Where this this uh, TikToky movement? Like this is honestly, it's the dumbest because there's like that girl Charlie who has so many fans. She like is a dancer. Like she grew oh. up dancing, so she knows how to dance. But TikTok like warps your brain into doing the most like bare minimum type of dances. It'll be like. 
they'll they'll do a song and in the song it'll say like my heart beats and then the dance is like you're pretty much doing like interpretive dance and then making it a trend you know there, it's not like skilled Ooh. dancing where you're like wow it's just like who would have ever thought that that interpretive dance like what like i've got an app uh i want to put on the app store uh, guys i'm telling you this is going to be huge well what is it it's interpretive dance. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of my office. Why do you keep bringing these morons in here? And no one a, wants to do interpretive dance. There's a market for it. My heart beats. And then this is what I don't like about TikTok is that there's these young, everyone's on it. And there's young people, there's old people, but like there'll be songs that are like, yeah, suck my dick and blah, blah, blah. Oh and then the goodness. dance to that is like you're putting your hand above where a dick would be. And then you're doing like a bouncing motion. Mm. And there's like 13 year old girls doing this. Mm. And I'm just like, ah, there's there's creepy people. And I want to like I want to stop it, but you can't. And I've also been like, you know, I've been a middle schooler on weird websites where there's like creepy dudes. Like there's this mm. website called Omegle and you can talk to complete strangers. It's kind of like chat roulette. And I was on that when I was in middle school. And like now that I'm an adult, I'm like, why was I ever on there? You know who does um, those kind of stings where they uh, they play, pretend that they're a little kid and then set people up? Yeah. Set up uh, pedophiles? Uh -huh. Shaquille O'Neal. What? Yes. Wait, yeah. he dresses like a girl? No, he goes on chat rooms and pretends he's a, a, a young girl. Like for fun? No, to get, catch pedophiles. Wow. Yeah, he was telling me he did that. He He's like a legit sheriff's deputy. Okay. Yeah, yeah where is Shaquille O'Neal? He's like a sheriff's deputy or something. I don't know if he still is. And he's also a DJ? He's also the biggest human I've ever met in my life. He's a he's giant. He's so big. He did Fear Factor with me, and it was like me, like I was with my dad. Like, yeah. uh, it was like a six-year-old with his dad. He's so big. Yeah. He's like, three, two, one, go. He has to have a huge Booming dick, voice. right? Even if it's regular size, he's so big, it has to be ridiculous. Yeah. When he did that, he was still uh, in, in the NBA. That was in 2005 in Roanoke, Virginia. But he is a resident in Georgia where he is an honorary deputy in Clayton County. Yeah. So but like, honorary deputy, that's like being an honorary graduate student from USC. Yes. It's not totally legit. He's not like, you know, whipping out a pistol and driving down do the something. freeway. You probably have to do something. Yeah. And it, I think it allows you to carry a gun a lot of places you couldn't ordinarily. He said he's actually going to run for sheriff, but this oh, was a couple of years ago. So, like, this would be now. When he's a super nice says. guy. He's so big, though. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like,. It's interesting that a guy that big is actually too big for fighting because the UFC doesn't have a super heavyweight weight class. Look at the size of him. Oh, my God. <laughs> his head looks so small. There's one guy because it's him far away. <laughs> There's a guy who makes him look small? Yeah, I'll show you a picture of what? it. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, humans come in all sorts of sizes. We're like yeah. dogs. Yeah. You know? That's how I like going to the spa. Like the Korean spa, because you get to see everyone naked, and you're like, "Oh, my body's wow. not that weird." What's that gentleman's Yao name? Ming. Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Yeah. And how tall is Yao? Seven, 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 six, somewhere in there. That is crazy. Damn. Seven, seven. From China, he made China big, huge in the NBA, and this was yeah. him and the smallest guy in the NBA, five three oh, months ago. Wow. That guy's so cute. That's crazy. He's so enormous. Genetics are weird. I mean, it's, and it's interesting that he's Chinese, like, because there's a bunch of really tall guys from China, right? A few. 
there's quite a few. Like, when did that start? When did dudes from China start being giant? And coordinated? I don't know. Would, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at, like, specific body types, there's, like, places that you recognize as having, like, enormous body types. That's why I was like, saying that, because they're, they're and coordinated, I added, because uh, it would be going to, like, scouting and recruiting, because mm -hmm. you would have to... There's a movie Shaq was in called Blue Chips in the 90s that, like, you went and found the guy, and then, which is what they do in the NBA now. You can make some guy from, like, Africa, for instance... Who doesn't know how to play like the excuse me, Antetokounmpo brothers, who came from Africa, went to Greece, tall, giant, skinny, uncoordinated, but have athletic ability, way more than anybody could ever do. So if you can get mm. them to shoot a little bit, get them practice in shooting, mm -hmm. they can be the best basketball players of all time, which you're seeing actually right now with wow. one of them. He's only like 24, and he is—they call him the Greek Freak. He's he's an insane basketball player. And his little brothers are now like getting recruited and put on every team. Interesting. So, like, if you find somebody deep in like wherever, I don't know where they're finding people in China, but like there's probably some people deep in Russia or who knows where. Yeah, I wonder what that is though. Like what what like, what is it about a certain group of people? Like when you see like um, people from Iceland and those giant um, strongman competition dudes, oh, so yeah. many of them are from Iceland. But that makes sense. Just look at the size of that dude with the rock. The rock is so big. You don't realize how ridiculous that picture is unless you've actually been around the rock. Are you guys friends? I know him. Yeah. I met him. But you're not like, what's up, he's, bro? I mean, I hug him when I see him yeah. just because I respect him. and yeah. I, he's, I love him Is he a lot. tall? He's enormous. He's like 6'9". Oh, really? He's so big. Oh. He's a cartoon. You meet him, you're like, how are you a real thing? Yeah. He's so big. Like, he's so jacked, too. What a crazy career trajectory. Listen, that guy works hard. Yeah. He works hard. When, when you look at someone like The Rock, are you like, I need to step my game? Yes, really? always, always. Look at that. What the fuck is that? Look at his body. That's too much. No, six, no, no. That's, that's the right amount. Uh, six, six? Yeah, six? I like five, scrawny six, six. little, like, Dude, he's lanky. So, and he wears cowboy boots, too, or some shit. He's so big. But he's also, like, insanely disciplined. He's not just an yeah. enormous human being from just being born big. He's insanely disciplined. Yeah. I mean, you follow his Instagram feed, you feel really fucking lazy. Back that up one, back up where you were, where you just were. There was a, there was a grid of images. Oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. Scroll down to that one where he doesn't have a shirt. Keep going right there with, with the plate. What the fuck, son? Jesus, <laughs> that's insane. But that's, that makes that's me uncomfortable. years and years and oh, years and stuff. years and years and years of grinding. That's yeah. what that is. You don't get built like that. Like, sure, there's some Mexican See, supplements like, involved in there. And sure, there's some genetics. But you got to work to get a body like that. don't get what, Like, but why do you need that body? Shut your mouth, What's woman. What's the point of having it? Oh, my God. You're such a girl. <laughs> like, what does he need to do? He wants to be the ultimate man. Look at him. For what? What Rock, are you talking about? Take some days off, you chill. Need to, are you kidding me? <laughs> It's the ultimate man. Look yeah, at him. I guess. It's a fucking perfect specimen. Nah, for some people. How dare you? I'm sorry. What are you into, like, real emo guys who cough a lot? Yes. That's what I you like, like? I like guys weak, fragile run? boys. <laughs> yes. I want scrawny men who want to be the baby spoon. <laughs> I want to be mama spoon. Ah, Let me warm you up. Mama spoon. You want to hold Guys who are always behind. cold, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I think I'm sick. Check my forehead. Yes. That's serious. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, look at him. <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh. Yes, fucking build on that man. That's a man. Uh. That's a specimen. Mm. I get it. You're into TikTokers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
my god. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy thing to be like insanely dedicated to, and it's also yeah. One of, I mean, the amount of effort that that guy has to put out to keep his body looking like that. The effort's insane. If you ever worked out, you realize like that just to maintain that all the time like that the way he does. Yeah, that's insane. Can I go pier? Does that yeah, kill yeah, the vibe? No, 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 no. I gotta. This is a TikTok conspiracy thing I, re I like read about. I'd like to pass it by you and let you know if you think it's like okay. Re if this makes sense, because uh, there's a lot of like kids on there. They figure out how that algorithm works to right. help themselves get bigger on it or whatnot. So they say that. If you start a new account, one of the first things they'll do with one of your first couple of posts is they'll almost make it go viral. So they'll, st I don't know how that they send it out to more people or whatnot, but you have a video that then baits you back in. So oh. they, they get, whereas most people, no, most people have not had the chance to go viral or oh. had their 15 seconds of fame online. So they'll give it to you like a yeah. little drug dealer and give you that dopamine. So now you come back and keep trying to do it again and trying and trying and trying. Right. And it worked. I mean, it may or may not have worked, but. That makes sense. I mean, they're trying to rope you in. The best way to rope you in is give you some success, right? I mean, they're not giving you money, but <clears throat> no one, you know, they're not. But don't you think that in a way, money, well, I guess it's not really com comparable. I was talking about the Apple algorithm they use for podcasts where the it's, new. It's probably similar a little bit because the way you first started, yeah, they'll think they'll shoot yeah. you up to the top so you can be like, I'm, we have the most successful podcast and we just started. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Like, let's keep at this thing. Yes. And then once the algorithm, it's a weird algorithm, like it tricks you. Because if you have a new podcast, what are the what are the specifics? Do we know no, the no specifics? One no, no, no one knows. Yeah, so it's, it's just guessing. Guessing for sure. That's trying interesting. Trying things out to figure out like this actually works. <laughs> work. It's funny how people like like Apple and, and also things like Netflix like Netflix you never you never have any idea what's like what's num what the numbers are what number of people are viewing things it doesn't say it like a YouTube clip does yeah. you have to kind of guess they they know but they don't tell anybody but it's kind of the same thing in a way uh, yeah i mean uh, i've seen people say like the nba ratings are way down right now and it's well the these are almost preseason games a lot of people watch the last two games of the regular season anyway mm -hmm. with all the games have already been figured out next week when the playoffs start then check the ratings and see where they're at. But it's just, uh, it's interesting to me when you have no idea what the algorithm is, whether it's the uh, uh, iTunes yeah, yeah. podcast algorithm or Netflix's algorithm. You really don't know. You don't, they know. When we were kids, we thought TRL was people calling and voting to make the most popular video on MTV every day. Like, that wasn't, act that wasn't happening. Dude, how crazy was Rob Lowe saying that he was on the worst show on television, meaning it was the, the least rated show on television, and it was 19 million people watched it? Yeah. That's because there wasn't any TikToks back then. But how bonkers is that? Yeah. And that was, what is that, the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. 19 million now, you'd be for sure the biggest hit on any TV Well, we decided, right? Sure. Didn't yeah, we look at so. it? I think, yeah. We found NCIS is like number one, and that has like 15 million. Crazy. Which is, sounds like an enormous number. Yeah. The fact that 19 million, which the, was the worst rated show, would be the biggest, high, most highly rated show now. Yeah. That's because there's so many different ways to watch things. So much content. Yeah. Alley. Speaking of content, don't you have a podcast? I do have a podcast. Oh, how about that segue? <laughs> Thank you. Like a professional. Yeah. Um, I have a podcast called Resting Bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's what it's called. But I made the mistake. I didn't know. I just like went into it. I'm like, I have a resting bitch face. I have a resting bitch voice. Like, And I'm going to be doing it on a couch. And I look like I'm resting bitch, you know? Right. And oh, look at that. Resting Jamie, bitch you're so with good. Alan He's okay. the best. He's the best. There you um, go. 
so yeah, I have that pot. Oh, remember when I used to do shows? Oh. Damn. Annie practically, oh, Annie. Annie assaulted me on this episode. She tried to eat me out. Oh, I love her. Me too. She's so funny. She's awesome in that they're doing a comedy store documentary. I got to see a clip of, with her in it. I'm nervous. She's I'm so supposed good. to be in that. We'll yeah. see. I'm nervous. But um, yeah, I do that podcast from my producer Anthony's house. And uh, yeah, it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. But because it has the word bitch in the title, it doesn't pop up right away because they try and like put yeah i made the mistake whatever next podcast the ali makovsky experience so did they did they censor that i don't think they censor i just think like on youtube it's not going to be like top of the recommended or something because the word bitch yeah but also because it's not like it's the most popping thing but Mm. it's definitely a little bit hidden not shadow banned but you could just call it resting b yeah resting b pod or just call it your fucking name kid that's yeah. the easiest way. Because if you, I think, like, I like names of shows that are interesting. But uh, if I want to see the Joey Diaz show, I want to see the Joey Diaz show. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the Joey Diaz show? Like, I don't care what you call it. What is it? Yeah, Joey Diaz. It's the fucking canoe on top of the yeah. house. What? That's the name of my show, the canoe on top of the house. Is he moving, too? He is moving, too. He's moving to New Jersey. <sighs> yeah. Everyone's I give him a going. Year. I give him a year of ice and snow. That's what I said about you. Really? Yeah. Give me a year. Yeah. We'll see what's up. I don't know. I feel, are you keeping your place out here? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's good. Good. For now. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. So it's just vacant? That means like if someone, one of your friends who's like 24. I got people. Yeah. Okay. This is a weird state right now. It is weird. I don't know what to do. I keep debating. I'm like, do I move in with my parents? Do I stay at my place? Well, it's not. It's never a bad thing to be with other folks, especially if you don't mind it and you actually enjoy being around them because this is like a fucking strange time. People need help. Sometimes people are sick and they don't want to admit it and you got to go, hey, let me, are you okay? And you got to fucking get them to the hospital as quick as you can. You know. Wait, what do you mean? Old people that get coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying my parents? Anybody. Not just you, but anybody. Like, living with your parents is not a bad move. Yeah. But the problem is you have to be really responsible with what you do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of kids that want to live with their parents, and then they want to go party. Like, you could kill your parents. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit is happening to people. There was a 21-year-old kid who uh, came home and gave it to his dad. His dad was in the fucking ICU. That, I would feel so guilty. <sighs> Didn't know. Probably yeah. didn't even know he had it. I had a friend I was with who tested positive, and I'm like, that sucks, because then you have to act like you have an STD or something and text everyone, hey, we had a really good time last week, but I have some bad news. You got to get tested. Yeah. People have done that at parties. They're having these um, influencer parties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just go buck wild, no masks, start drinking. Yeah. Like, there was a video, like, apparently they have houses. This is a thing, like, influencers get houses. Yeah. And then they do parties and that. Yeah. Jamie's laughing because it's like I'm learning about fire. So you, you hit sticks, you rub them, you make fire. It's I warmer. I joked about the hype house this weekend. I was totally making a joke. And she's like, yeah, no, that's where they live. I was like, oh, I don't even know why I know that that's a thing, but it's a thing. So they do it. There's a bunch of people doing that now. They get yeah. houses. Yeah. 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 And my, then they go crazy. My sister just had her bachelorette party. Yeah. But everyone got tested before we stayed in the Airbnb the whole time. Um, so I think there's ways of doing it that are okay. Yeah. There's ways of doing it that are okay. 
But you can't be drinking and fucking jumping on top of each other yeah. in the pool. Yeah. And, you know, there's 190,000 of you. I mean, they've had these, they're having these fucking parties with like 200 people jammed into a house and everybody's breathing each other's air. Where's my invite, Charlie D'Amelio? COVID parties are a pandemic urban legend that won't go away. Oh, but that's what people trying to catch. Right, it. that's what yeah. I said. Just so there's a yeah. clarification on that that people don't think. Well, that's that's a different thing. What we're talking about is uh, influencer parties where they just they don't give a fuck about the rules. Leonardo DiCaprio had a party on his yacht, and everyone was wearing cowboy hats. And I'm pretty sure he stole my COVID cowboy theme. At least I'm going to say that. That sounds very schizophrenic, and probably don't mention that in public. <laughs> <laughs> no, Leo's watching. He's aware of what I'm talking about. These um, COVID parties where people are trying to catch COVID, that's bullshit though, right? Yeah, but these aren't. Remember I was telling you they were saying there's like these giant L.A. Hollywood Hills mansion parties right. that are going to start shutting down. They were like, These were on TV. They had like uh, the cameras that are usually doing the high-speed chases. They were like watching these. Well, <laughs> my um, – yeah, that, that, that thing is weird because the, go the mayor, rather, is – going to shut off the power and shut off uh, the water to these people, right? There's a certain amount of houses I think that no one lives in. They're just normally rented out for houses, for parties that in right. general, and yeah. they're probably, people are just like, oh, we're fucking use That was like those. what Bilzerian was doing, right? Something like that. I don't yeah, know. he rented this big giant-ass house in Bel Air, and he'd have these big crazy influencer parties. People get real mad. Yeah. That, like, if you if you live in these neighborhoods and you're, like, a regular person with, like, a regular life, and then all of a sudden an influencer party moves in next door. Nightmare. And all day long they're just blasting music and fucking smoking weed, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, well, I remember Jake and Logan Paul used to have a house <laughs> right by the improv. Yes. And kids would just show up at their house. There would be, like, it looked like a block party. Yeah. There were all these teenage girls. Yelling out their window. And all the neighbors were like, we're just trying to live. Yeah. They, if they fucked up. And now that one, one of the brothers, Jake or Logan, got raided. His house got raided. I think that was Jake. There were guns everywhere. Yeah, what well, he heck? was the guy that was at the Arizona mall. Yeah, looting. Was happening. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Whoops. Why people <clears throat> looting is very interesting. It's not good. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's weird watching people just steal shit and run out of the stores. Yeah. Like, wow, this is so weird. It's just weird watching. Yeah, and then it, it feels it, very like a apocalyptic movie. It does. Yeah. Well, it's coming. It comes out in these like big bursts too, like what happened in uh, Chicago. These big bursts of looting, and you're watching on television. You're like, "What? Well, this is such a crazy virus. It's in the air." But it's indicative of all these people needing things and, yeah. and being broke as fuck, man. Like not having any work at all for months and months and months, and watch the economy crumble with no. Like, you would steal too. I yeah. think we would all steal if we were 20 years old and fucked up and. You're, that, that's where you live and yeah. everybody else is stealing. You're like, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. And you're yeah. running that store. Ah! You know? Yeah. It, there's a thing that happens to people when there's a bunch of us and things go sideways. Mm. Like chaos, big chaos moments. Well, there's always chaos, but it's like somewhat controlled, you know? Yeah. The chaos is organized in a way where you feel like there's no chaos and things are smooth. And I think this just kind of cracked it open where it's like, oh, we can just kind of do whatever. Well, it's so the thin veneer of civilization has been exposed. There's some cracks and you see th right through it. Mm -hmm. And you saw through it during the looting in Santa Monica. I was watching this guy run around with a gun and he's pointing it at people and this other guy was yelling at him and he's sticking the gun at him and then he runs into traffic and people are honking, this guy's got a gun and there's just people running out of store stealing shit 
And I remember watching that video going, whoa, this is Santa Monica? Yeah. Like, this is wild. Yeah. This is a, if there was a movie, and in the movie, a disease spread that made people reckless and wild. And it made them, they started stealing and assaulting each other and carrying guns everywhere. It was just a disease that flew through the air. Yeah. You'd be like, what a crazy movie. Like, this is Santa Monica 2020. Like, fuck you. Ah, Santa Monica? It was like like someone had sprayed something in the air that made people hyper aggressive yeah. and reckless and crazy. That's what it seemed like. Because you go into like that fight or flight mode. You're like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know where I fit into this equation. There's that, but I think there's also something else going on. When they when they say that term mob mentality, yeah. Have you ever felt it? For sure. Have you ever been in a place where like a, a fight breaks out at a basketball game or something like that? Where any place, anywhere where there's a large group of people and a fight breaks out, there's a crackling in the air. Yeah. Like you're ready to stab somebody. Yeah. Like it's nuts. Well, that's how I felt at the UFC. I was like, I'm taking jujitsu right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. That's a little different. Well, but I'm talking about like lawless shit. Like yeah. The, the violence that you see at the UFC is the best substitute because it's completely controlled. Everybody has a hold of it. You know, there's rules, there's a referee, there's doctors, there's trained fighters. There's so many rules. Yes. It's really very it's very well set up and very important. But the thing about it is that is violence, but it's just violence in the most controlled yeah. and safe way. Yeah. What I'm talking about is lawless violence. Yeah. When shit breaks out in like a, a, a scrap in a parking lot when people are fighting, that's when things are strange. Because that's that feeling like fucking anything can happen. Someone yeah. can shoot somebody. Somebody could run people over. People generally never run people over on purpose. But they do when they're yelling at each other. Like if you're at a gas station, you see someone fucking run someone over on a YouTube video. You're like, oh my God. Like what is happening? Yeah. They're going sideways. Conflict makes me so anxious. I hate seeing like fights or any. Like it just makes me sweat. Yeah. Well, like it's dangerous. Like verbal altercations stresses dangerous. me out. I was uh, at a... It turned into a riot where seven or eight, I think 13 cars got flipped over Whoa. after Ohio State beat Michigan one year. And we were headed to the national championship. And you could feel around 4 o'clock when one couch was on fire in the middle of the street that, like, we're in the hornet's nest. Like, this shit's about to go down later. And it definitely did. I remember seeing the SWAT team get up at the end of the street, knee knocker bullets getting blasted out, tear gas, almost like what's been going on now. This was, like, 18 years ago. But as, you're, as you were sort of saying, I was like, actually, that one time after the Connor and Khabib fight, I was in the crowd right where that was happening. For about three minutes, it felt crazy. And then yeah. like, they kind of got a hold of everything, and they were like, it's fine. But like, for, that yeah, I felt have been, nuts there for a second. That could have been crazy. Yeah. It could have been really crazy. That was one of those moments where, the, you know, that, those lawless melee moments. That was pretty controlled as yeah, far man, as a lawless police. I didn't. I wasn't that. There's there police around or whatever, but just for that little spot because I was. I was right there, and there's some drunk guy next to me that was. The crazy. thing about that one though, it was so entertaining because it was two of the best fighters in the world involved in post-fight brawls, right? So Connor's getting beat up by these dudes who are jumping like, over the yeah, cage. Complete chaos, excitement, yeah. and so just like, hey, we got. Overtime, <laughs> but no, but that's what I think kept people from fighting in the crowd. Like what they were seeing was so entertaining. Like you don't get in a fight in the middle of a great fight. Yeah, you get in a fight mm. when you know something happens, and then you decide. It was just weird. I was. It was weird. I was. From, I'm trying. I was putting myself back in the feeling of like, hold on, the fight's over. 
And now what's going on around me, this is crazy. Oh, shit. That's the only time I've felt that again where it was just like I – because when the cars were getting flipped, me and my friends, we were not – we knew better than to get in it. Like, right, we but doesn't it, it, doesn't it feel like something changes in the air? Oh, yeah. Plus, you could smell the tear gas that day. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but there's something about, like, chaos where I think it's because of war. I think every human being that's alive today is the descendant of people who are successful in war. It just seems like war has always been around, right? And ever since the first, you know, really uh, primitive primates hit each other with rocks and figured out that it's a better way to do it than just biting each other. Mm -hmm. You know, the first, the first animal that figured out how to start, you know, attacking other groups and, and dominate them and gain success and gain their food and gain their women. They've just been doing that ever since. Yeah. So we are the people that survived that. I think there's a switch that goes off when there's like a riot, when it's some chaos. Yeah. Like, like you gotta be, re like any fucking thing can happen right now. And people do shit they would never do. Yeah. Like something about, it's like a melee button that gets hit and you're like, ah! You felt it, right? Yeah. Shit's scary. Then this is what we're seeing as a country, like the whole country hit this melee button. And that's where the looting and the riot, I'm like people are way more aggressive with it. I mean, I'm watching people drive different. People just running yeah. red lights. Broke it, people run red lights sometimes, like fucking five months. Yeah. They just, they just, they don't want to stop. They, they're, they're cutting people off. Watch this lady just pull out of this COVID test place and clip some lady's car and like, uh, she was like frantic. Like it does no feel like people are more on edge now. A hundred percent. I think it's yeah. I think like people being inside and this kind of like unknown feeling is really causing people to go through like a lot of mental anguish. Well, and then we go back to the financial shit. Yeah. Like, they're like, how do I get out of this? Yeah. How do I get out of this? Yeah. Like, if it's already five months in, and I know this is going to go on until January, how do I get out of this? Ugh. Yeah, and it's like when things open up and I can start doing shows again, it's like, but am I going to be doing enough shows to, like, be sell? Like, am I going to have to work at a chicken wings restaurant again? I don't know. Are there going to be real shows anytime soon? Who when do you think knows? those are going to happen? When is going to be the first show? When the the first real show in in LA? Do you I'm think thinking January or February at the earliest. Yeah. That's what I think. Do you think magicians are struggling right now? Do you think they I think feel the same way? They're killing it. They're out there killing it. TikTok. TikTok music. Do they have magicians on TikTok? Probably. They have they seriously anything you can think of there's TikToks about it. Is there archery? Probably. Yeah. It's, it's trick shots could be good on there, yeah. Oh, there's dudes who do crazy shit. There's a guy who um, can shoot a, um, what's those circle? Lifesaver. Ping pong out of his Th coochie. He throws a lifesaver in the air, and he, he can shoot it and hit it while it's in the air. What the hell? Yeah. In case you want to kill a bug with your bow. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Tick-tocking. Tick-tock. Mm. Yeah, I think January is probably the earliest we're going to see clubs open up here. Yeah. Because here we are in August. There's no, no, no chance. Anytime soon. Oh, archery on TikTok. It's half a billion views for the hashtag archery. So there's. Oh, that's crazy. Go, go dive deep. All sorts of. Archery's. Go to that one right there. Bam. That dude's about to whack that elk. No, he's not. It's too small. He's gonna let it go. What do you mean it's too small? That is a big animal, but that's a young elk. You want a and big you, old elk? Well, you don't want to shoot the young ones unless they have a, an overpopulation of them, and then mm. they give out what they call a spike tag, because they would call that a spike Came elk. Right up to them, though. Well, it, it didn't know he was there. When the elk are horny in particular, which is when you, you <laughs> How find do you know? them in the rut. The rut. Oh. They, they scream. You ever heard an elk scream? 
Go to the Busy Wild uh, Instagram page. Here we go. If they make the most amazing sound. Or Cameron Haynes. Cameron Haynes has it on his page. Go to Cameron Haynes' Instagram page. There's a, uh, a video of uh, an elk standing and then screaming. And as it's screaming, like the smoke is coming out of its mouth. You know, because it's uh, the, the hot air and oh the, cold, the cold cold winter mountain and the hot air coming out of its mouth. And you can see it all spraying in the air. No, um, not that one. There's another one. The one on the far. That's it right there. Oh my God. Give me the, some volume. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah. And look at the smoke. The smoke coming out of his mouth. All the steam. I mean, how dope is that? Watch this. That's the king of the mountain. That big motherfucker is the king of the mountain. Is that a female or a male? That's a male. That's a bull. Damn. See the antlers? Those antlers are 100% to let the bitches know and to fuck up other dudes. Damn. That's what they do. They kill each other with those things all Crazy. the time. Yeah. They run into each other and stab each other with the weapons that nature has bestowed upon them. They grow them out every year and then they fall off. So that, that would fall off. And then new ones would grow in a Is couple of months. Yes, that's real. Damn. Yeah, it's the king of the mountain. Crazy. There's a there's I don't think it's on that same page. I wish I could find the page it was on because I, I forgot to bookmark it. But there was a crazy video of this elk running away from this pack of wolves. And this pack of wolves is just snapping at its legs and just running up behind it and chasing it, snapping at its legs. And then they eventually just swarm it. It's, it is ruthless. Yeah. It is so wild to see that these these just giant ancestors of dogs exist free in the mountains. It's really fucking pretty amazing. Yeah. So in North America, wolves taking out a giant elk, and you could watch the video. I mean, I don't know if they did it from a drone or what, because it was up in the sky. And it's 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 so ruthless. Is this one? This is this is where the wolves are chasing them. But when they get one, okay, here, yeah. And they can run really good in the snow because their feet are like, uh, at the, the end of them are webbed, almost like a snowshoe. They have really enormous feet. Damn. Whereas the elk kind of sink in the snow and it hinders their movement. I mean, imagine. That has been playing out, that, that war between wolves and elk, that's been playing out for thousands and thousands of years when did you get into like all of the hunting and stuff like that Tooth look at how they bite them on the legs this is how they go after them they bite them on the legs yeah this is the video this is it so this is where i i saw it on instagram so, the oof, elk i'm not showing it on screen because you can't yeah the, the elk pack, is sorry the elk is running and the wolf pack is behind it and you could see he keeps going deeper and deeper into the snow and he's stumbling and the wolves just eventually get them. And when they get them, it's ruthless. We don't have to watch it. Wolfpack gives chase to a group of elk. If you want to look that up. Yeah, there you go. And there's another one. Grizzly bear chases elk in Yellowstone Park. Somebody posted an, uh, a, one yesterday. I wish I saw it. I wish I book bookmarked that one too. But it was a bison hitting another bison and making it fly through the air. 
In, it's crazy. So these people are in the road, right? And they're watching these bison walk across the road. And the bison start fucking with each other. And one of them gets mad and runs at the other one and launches him into the air. So you're looking at a 2,000-plus pound animal. And this other 2,000-plus pound animal throws it through the air with its head. Just makes it go flying. Have you ever accidentally hit an animal when driving? Just hit squirrels. Mm. Yeah, it's a bummer. Did you feel sad? Yeah, because the you, yeah you hear them tumble inside yeah. your wheel well and yeah. shit. <laughs> One time I ran over a bunny and I was traumatized. Yeah. It's sad. That is sad, Allie. Thanks for letting us know. You didn't bring Marshall. I wanted to I meet couldn't. the dog. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm going to go shoot guns after this. I'm going next week. Yeah? Where are yeah. you going? Uh, I think Angeles Forest. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I know where that is. Just the is outdoor. It, yeah, there's a great range out there. Yeah, my friend Tokes has a bunch of guns. Have you done it before? I went with him once before, and I cried the first time. Cried the first time you pulled the trigger? Mm -hmm. In ecstasy? Uh, no. Fear? It was, yeah, fear. Because I was just like, it was just so scary. It's such a powerful feeling. Yeah. And it really freaked me out. And then I started to have fun, and I was like, pow, 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 pow. Wow. Yeah. You got into it. You went the other way. Yeah. But it was like one of those things where I'm like, I'd be fine if I never did. Like, I wasn't like, I have to keep doing this. But if the opportunity presents itself. So it didn't become an obsession, but you in, in you were entertained. Yeah. There mm. were certain guns that I liked shooting more than others that were more fun. It's a smart thing to learn how to do. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you see the Santa Monica scene, when you see the thin veneer of civilization pulled off and how easily people can go crazy. It's a bummer, but it's real. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope it all gets better. Me too. You, I feel like everyone's so negative. Are you uh, eagerly anticipating what's going to happen during the election? Uh, are you weirded out by like the possibility that no matter who wins, it could be chaos? I, yeah, I think like what you were saying, it's like it's already, you know, we already kind of see through the government and realize it's all pretty fucked regardless of whoever wins, no matter yeah. how good the candidate is. But I also think that this has shown us like we do have so much power to influence what happens. It's not so much who the figure is or the person wearing the suit. It's more about like people coming together and like making some change themselves. You sound like a person who bought in all the political propaganda that they're pumping out in the news right now. <laughs> this It's really about big businesses and special interests making as much money as possible and keeping people fat and stupid. And they do their best to keep us uneducated, yeah. trapped inside our house with low vitamin D. <laughs> and then they create viruses and then they release those viruses <laughs> on purpose. Yeah, no, those, I don't think that. No, I know, I know, I know. But I'm only I just, fucking around if yeah. you didn't get it, people at home. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that we do, I think we're just realizing that we do have more power to influence how things go. Sure, we do. Yeah, we, we have more of a voice for sure yeah. than ever before. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I just want people hopefully to use their voice in like a positive way. I think that it's really easy to like attack people regardless of whether it's political or not nowadays with anything going on it's so easy to be like a negative voice when i think that well it just... feels you feel angry you know the, the anger that most people have is uh, accentuated by the economic situation and the virus situation right so even if you are already like a, a angry person mm -hmm. you're going to be really angry now and frustrated and it doesn't seem like a way out i almost like the way people are the, the way people are behaving today with all the tension and all the infighting and all the, the chaos, it's almost like this isn't, it's not even their fault. 
I, I really almost feel that way. I feel like most people are so unprepared for something this stressful, and anything that's really stressful like that gets you so out of your head. And when everybody's out of their head and no one can just calm down, it's not a good combination. Mm-hmm. It's not good for anybody. And the real problem is there's not a real clear antidote for it. Yeah. There's not a real clear path out of this. That's what makes me real nervous. That's why I, I know I said it sounds so miscongeniality, but I think like if people were just like nicer to each other. Yeah. It sounds so corny, but not all the time. It doesn't need to be like phony niceness, but rather than being like mean or negative or attacking, just don't say mean. I don't know. I just. People have requirements and I one know. of the requirements is they have to be able to make a living. Yeah. You know, and. I, as much as I think that uh, universal basic income, like one of the things is this whole pandemic shit, went, it's shown us that it's not a bad idea to have a certain amount of money that you have allocated to everybody so that they could pay their bills yes. and pay for food. It seems like we should figure that out. And Andrew Yang was talking about this in terms of automation, but it's just as important with, or more important with this, with, yeah. with the pandemic. You don't have any choices. Everybody has. I mean, it's like if automation comes and takes your job, maybe you could figure out another job. Yeah. But if there's no fucking jobs because no one's allowed to work, then that's the best argument ever for universal basic yeah. income. Yeah. You can't I feel, do anything. It's not your fault. Yeah. I feel like OnlyFans is like the new trading of furs. <laughs> It's like, here's nudes. Can I make money? Do you, <laughs> that do is you such a anything? great joke. You shouldn't have said that on the podcast. You just saved that one. Okay, I'm putting it in the bank. Yeah, we have to fucking delete that. No, keep it in. It's funny. It's very funny. People, yeah. It's keep, very funny. I but need any funny moments. Leave it the way it is and then uh, just expand upon it as a bit because you're, to- you're totally right. It but is like the true. new trading of first. Because I was thinking, I'm like, okay, well, if comedy's dead and there's like, I can either sell chicken wings, but like, I don't know. There's yeah. only so many. I want to go back to trading, but there's only so much you can trade. And like, the only thing I have is my feet. During, time, <laughs> during times of great prosperity, being a hoe is a choice. Yeah. Right? But there's a lot of reluctant hoes. I'm I'm a, I'm a scared hoe. <laughs> On the inside, I'm like, I'm a bad bitch. I listen to Meg the Stallion, <sighs> Cardi B, Wet Ass Pussy's my anthem. And then, Ooh. like, I'll talk to a guy on a dating app. And I'm like, so, uh, uh, do you want to go to the park? And, like, I don't know. <laughs> what do well, you want to do? <laughs> uh, even though you enjoy those art forms and people's expression, in general, you're a pretty calm person. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. You like that music because it's fun, but that's not that doesn't define you. No. How funny was that Ben Shapiro thing? Oh my god. The wet ass pussy thing. Oh you my that, god. That's a result of a gynecological situation. Yeah. But how did he say it? I don't <laughs> even. Know. He like was He's reading so them, and he was like, "Well, in conclusion, no wet ass pussy is actually not that wet." Uh, um, Ben. Benny. Stay in your lane. Benny boy. <laughs> oh, my God. This, I mean, he, he, I like Ben Shapiro. I, let me just state this. I think uh, people get the wrong impression about him all the time. I think he's a very nice guy. He's a very smart guy. But he uh, he has his blind spots, like we all do. And when you think that wet-ass pussy <laughs> is a gynecological condition, mm, whoops. <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> the mass humiliation of Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I don't like him. He scares me. I like him as a human. I know mm. him as a human being. And that's yeah. a problem. Like you see someone who does like performative work 
about politics because yeah. part of what he does is funny. Like he has a, a mug that says leftist tears, <laughs> you know, and when you, he serves you water. Like when Ezra Klein from Vox was on his show, he drank out of a cup that said leftist tears. Yeah. And they were actually talking about it. Like, it yeah. was like, like, don't you think this is an, he's like, I think it's funny. Yeah. He leans into it. Look, he's a good guy. He's just not perfect. Not like all of us. That's the that's thing. A, like, what, you want to yeah. find one thing wrong with a person and fucking hate him. Yeah. And it's that's just silly. Yeah. You can still think he's a nice guy and still think it's fucking silly to make fun of wet pussy. Totally. <laughs> or it's like, I might not like the guy, but I don't need to, like, attack him. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's but a good he does guy. have a goofy ass little smirk. Well, he's he's a professional. Look, one of the reasons why people love Floyd Mayweather mm -hmm. is because he talks so much shit. Yeah. He talks so much shit. He's always showing his money. He's kind of trolling in a way. That's become such a thing in fighting. And then, well, with him, he was so good at it because he was a guy who was uh, very safety first as a boxer, like incredibly skillful, like arguably the best boxer of all time, but. He he w didn't go after guys and just engage in wars. He fought very tactically, mm. and he's fighting the best fighters in the world. So he has to fight very cautiously sometimes. That's the correct way to do it. But he figured out a way to get people to pay attention because that generally, like, being the most skillful is great, but you want people to pay attention. So you want to be like a Mike Tyson guy who knocks everybody out. Well, if you're not a Mike Tyson guy that knocks everybody out, the best way to get people to pay attention is make them want you to lose. Mm. Show them all your money. Oh, look at that watch. It's a million dollars. Look at this hat. Look at these diamonds. Look at this. And look at this jet. I just flew in a bitch and get shit. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> and you just want to beat him up. You yeah. want him to get his ass kicked. But meanwhile, he's the best boxer ever. And so he's just outboxing all these people and he never gets his ass kicked. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I mean, if you really pay attention to it, it's kind of fun. Well, Ben Shapiro is, that's kind of what he does. He like says things knowing it's going to piss people off yeah. and then they're paying attention to him. Yeah. But he also says some things that make sense. He's <clears throat> very good at debate. He's very good at uh, arguing with uh, uneducated people who just like automatically subscribe to left-wing ideas. He can chop those up quick if you yeah. don't have your, your thoughts dialed in and your argument dialed in. But he's, you know, he's a person. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. I we're like him. We're all people. Just people. Why can't we all just get along? Because we're all scared. I know. But we, this is the, this is the, if I can, you know, and people, oh, it's fucking easy for you guys. You're fucking making money. You're a comedian. You're this. You're right. But what Ali's saying, if we could just be nicer to each other, is the solution. I think it is. If there's more camaraderie and understanding and seeing that people like Ben or Alex yeah. Jones, all your fun friends, you know, they're all people. Yeah, and, they're human beings. You know, I don't. Yeah. This is the thing. It's like this is the one of the real problems with cancel culture. Like they'll say something like, uh, like, uh, oh, Matt Lauer's got plenty of money, you know, or uh, and make up a person who's been canceled. Oh, they're fine. They got plenty of money. It's you're not thinking about what what hurts yeah it's material yeah what hurts is the psychological aspect yeah. of whatever it is and what we're doing is we're lash we're lashing out at people for mistakes and we're saying it in a way where like there's no way you can get better and like, this is who you are forever yeah and there's like a narrative that people create they assume that they know things about you and want to create this story to make it look a certain way to validate their point when it's like no one knows anyone entirely like you have yeah. kids you don't know exactly who they are because they're their own little thing you know exactly and as much as you think you know 
you know something about someone like you just don't and i feel like everyone should be worthy of redemption and and again know, we're talking we're not chance. talking about crimes i'm not talking about people stealing or murder or rape or or chaos or stabbing or shooting or I'm not talking about that what we're talking about is public execution yeah there's there's a thing that people are doing now where they just love the pile on and it's because there's they're not in a good place. Like, there's so much negativity. I, I was watching this one pile on where this guy was. Oh, this is from Douglas Murray's book. That's what it was. Douglas Murray's book, um, The Who Madness that? of Crowds. He's a brilliant man, an author who is often misrepresented. They often misrepresent his positions on things because he takes a pragmatic, non woke, but he's a gay man, gay man from England who's brilliant. And so it's like it's hard. To, like they get real confused. They run into him. And they're like, "Shit!" Yeah, but being gay or having something like that makes you stand out doesn't make you a. Well, they have a problem. Like if he has opinions on trans people, or if he has opinions on even on gay people, even on uh, like his his opinions are. V he thinks what he thinks, and he's smart enough to be able to express it in a way that's very difficult to argue. Yeah. And because of that. People, uh, they, they get pissy about it. I remember what I was talking about. Like, what was the initial point? Uh, public execution. People, no, it was before that. People being, uh... Shit! Fuck! I had a point. Did you take your what alpha you brain? I didn't today. What were you talking about right before that, though? Um, just about, ugh, fuck, people deserving second chances and redemption and that we're all material things. Like, you can take away someone's money or whatever. They have enough money. They should be fine. I don't know. I yeah. have a terrible memory. No alpha brain. Beta brain. I can't believe I forgot the story. What is that shirt? The hundreds. Shout out to Bobby and Ben. What is that, Jamie? Uh, how dare you? How dare I? It's Back to the Future. That's Back to the Future? Yeah. It's Doc and Barney. Oh, okay. It, from, it, look like? uh, it looks like a blob and a <laughs> lightning bolt. Let me put my glasses on. <laughs> Joe's about to roast. I could barely see that. Can you tell? Yeah. Okay. No? Back to the future. God damn it, I'm trying to remember the fucking story, and I, I can't. What are you drinking, that yellow? Um, this is uh, the uh, Laird Hamilton turmeric superfood coffee. That's sick. Have you had any of that? No. You should try it. Okay. Are you into any health shit right now? Mm, just like in terms of like eating and drinking? Just taking care of yourself. Are you exercising? You yeah, well, skating. I've been doing oh, that okay. like almost every day. Skateboarding? Yeah. Do you wear pads and shit? If I'm doing, if I'm trying to do something crazy, I will. But if I'm just kind of like cruising around, trying to work on my ollies and shove it and whatnot, I won't wear the pads. But if I'm trying to like drop in, which I'm really afraid to do, then I'll put on like the knee pads, wrist guards, uh, helmet. I'm and not you, trying to get a concussion. Are you doing crazy shit? Like you going over the lip and like scraping the bottom of your no, board and dropping back crazy. down in? No, I'm using no, my way into it. Look at you. Oh. You look ferocious. Oh, yeah. Like you're ready to shred. I and am. Skate. You're ready to go down a railing. It's so fun. Do you do the railing shit? Do you ever do no. any of that? See, no. See, I was trying to drop in. This guy helped me. His name's Chris. He just like came up to me. He saw me struggling and he was like, here, let me help you. But if he wasn't there, I would have eaten... Shit. Looks like you're about to. I was about to for sure. What happened there? That was just me posted up oh. cross-eyed. Thought you were injured. No. Not so when, yet. why did you decide that was the thing? 
So, okay, so I got back to my house, had a room that was open to rent. One of my roommates left, and uh, and my friend was like, oh, I have a buddy who's looking for a place. So this guy comes to my house, checks out the room. My roommates are asking him questions, like, what do you do for work? And he's like, oh, like, skate stuff, whatever. He was very vague. And when he was walking out to leave, I saw my skateboard. I've had this board for, like, four or five years. I got it from Supreme. I liked the deck. I thought that I was going to be, like, a skater. I thought that everyone would fall in love with me. No one did. So I stopped skating. And so I've had it just sitting in my front yard for like four or five years. And so he's leaving and I see my board and I'm like, can I resell this? Like, is there any value or do I just like give it to a kid? Like, what do I do with this old board? And he picks it up and he looks at the deck and he's like, this is my pro model board. Like, yeah. And so then ever since then, we've been skating together. His name's Donovan Piscopo. He's so tight. He's so nice. He's so tight. Yeah, he's so tight. He's so sick. <laughs> he fucking shreds. He's so dope. I remember the story. This is a story. This really progressive left-wing person <laughs> Here we go. was tweeting something, this tweet storm of like, you know, why does everyone have to be sexist and racist? And like, he adds all these like super woke things. And they said, and just sitting around eating fucking fast food and watching Netflix. That's where he made a mistake because then he was fat shaming and he Ooh. didn't realize he was fat shaming when he said that. And so the people started attacking him. Like he said everything in the most woke way possible. Wait, what did he- This is in Douglas Murray's book, okay. Madness of Crowds. And then he goes on this Twitter apology stream that he, I think Murray said it lasted 15 tweets. Where he's literally begging for his career not to be ended Whoa. for saying that people ate junk food, yeah, ate garbage. And like, why does everybody have to do all these things that are awful plus get fat? And like, why are we lazy? Why are we stupid? Yeah. Basically, that's what he's saying. But he, but he fucked up. And by saying, like sitting around eating garbage food, you're fat shaming. You don't, you don't even realize you're, you're, you're being hateful. And you can't. There's, there's no room. There's no room. Yeah. There's no room for fucking around. Like, you can't. If, if you want to be a woke person, like, you could get un, you can get canceled at any moment. Because yeah. you never know when the standards have shifted. Mm-hmm. They've become more and more radicalized. And so someone saying something that, like, five, six years ago would be, like, completely reasonable and make a lot of sense. The fuck up was talking about people who are fat. Like, you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, and you can't explain yourself. There's no room to explain what you mean or your side. You know, no one wants to hear it. People just want to be like, you're wrong and you're bad. Let's tag your it. It's a game. Yeah. There's no room for nuance. No. So a person like that, like, well, listen, you really should eat healthier food. Why are we lying? Why are we saying that these people eating fast food? Why are we saying saying fast food's bad doesn't mean being fat is bad. Well, being fat's bad. It's not healthy. It's not good for you. But you can't. But, but I have good friends who are fat. It's like, listen, w- people have problems. Yeah. Like, I'm I, gonna be. I know. I know. I'm gonna hit like 32, and it, I'm just up. gonna. Oh yeah. Or you're gonna CrossFit. You might go either way. Maybe. But the, my point is, it doesn't mean that fat is good for you just because you love fat people. It's still bad for you. Like if you talk to a doctor. Like if you talk to a medical doctor. You're saying yeah. It's bad for you. Yes. So it's not good. So, like, pretending it's okay, like, you can be healthy and fat is nonsense. But the thing is, like, if you say that, you're fat phobic or you're, you're mm-hmm. fat shaming or you're hurting people. But it's just a fact. Yeah. It's, it doesn't mean you hate these people. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. That's a problem. Whenever you can't say what it is, like, no one can handle it. We're just it. playing pretend. Right. So, yeah. if a person says all these things you agree with. Everyone's And then perfect. you find this one thing. Instead of saying, Bob, I'm totally with you on all of that, but 
sometimes the people that are eating fast food are just poor. You're like, you're right. You're right. I should have, I sort of switched that. And that should be the end of it. Yeah. Should we give a, a per person, like, when you have an opinion, if you put out a tweet, like, one of the things I see people get attacked the most for is errant views in tweets. But when you have a tweet and you put it out there, that's not your rock-solid, married-to position or yeah. anything. It's a thought. Mm -hmm. You're thinking out loud, but you're thinking in a typed form, which is weird. Yeah. So if you see it in a typed form, like, if you said something fucked up to me, but it was just in the moment. You said something. You thought it was funny. It was fucked up. That's one thing. But if you write it down, that's a different thing. Totally. And it's a thing we don't really understand. Like, you see something written. Like, I know what you said, but I'm going to decide that you meant it this way. <laughs> yeah. And you can change it and switch it around and move mm -hmm. it. Or And we were talking about this earlier, that you can even take a thing that would make sense if you said it. Like, like how about suck it, bitch? Like, if you just say that out of nowhere. And then, but you write it down. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah. Where's that coming from? Like in the moment, it was hilarious. But when you write it down and just print it somewhere, it's like, what is that? Because there's no tone. No context. Yeah. No context. Yeah. So, and we're pretending. This is what everybody's doing: canceling people for tweets and getting angry at people for yeah. things that they've said. You're canceling people based on the. You're you're trying to deny nuance. You're trying to deny that people shift and they grow and they learn. And that's the other thing. It's like I feel like everyone, hopefully, you're like trying to grow as a person yeah. and learn new things and have new ideas. And so it's like if I said something in 2014, it's probably not how I feel about something now. Or I'm fucking digging my heels in. Yeah. Let me tell you why I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, and I've said this before too, but I think the real problem is we can't really read each other's minds. We rely on language. Yeah. I don't know what you're really thinking. Yeah. I don't know what you're really thinking. Yeah. You can pretend, you, you know, some people are slicker with their words. Some people are better at convince. Some people have their game down. Some people have manipulated enough people that they're, you know, like salesmen and shit yeah. or, or, or strippers. Like people are just like really good at selling things. Yeah. They know. They know what they're doing. I, w I was learning sign language before COVID. I would go to like deaf meetups. There's like wow. deaf meetups at Starbucks. Why were you doing that? Um, my grandma was deaf and I never took the time to like really learn sign language, which now that I think about it is kind of fucked up. That's like if your grandma spoke like Italian and only Italian and you're like, I'm just going to speak English and hope you figure it out. I would love to see roast battle with sign language. Oh, that would be a lot of body movements, a lot of eyes big. That would be a great show. That's what Netflix should do if they really want to be inclusive. Yeah. There's more deaf people probably than a, a lot of uh, maligned people. Yeah. What is this? Oh, I love interpreters at concerts. That's such an oh. important job. That's when we crazy. were at the amphitheater, when we were at the amphitheater in the Bay Area, there was an interpreter, and it made me so happy. Look how fast she's moving, though. She's killing they're it. Because they're rapping. Yeah. Who is fast song? Eminem's rap god. Oh <laughs> wow! Jesus Christ! So Look at her good. go. Sign That's language crazy. is so fascinating to me. I love it. That's crazy. Look how look how fast she's moving. She's TikToking. Yeah. She's tick that Chinese yeah. people. That's what it is. The Chinese government is tricking people into talking in sign language. I'm on They're ASL TikTok. What does that mean? Uh, American Sign Language Language TikTok. So you there's are? people who like, yeah. I love it. I love sign language. So you TikTok using actual words? I don't. But I watch people who are uh, either deaf or interpreters, and they make videos in sign language. But you're learning how to TikTok and sign language at the same time? Well, I kind of stopped learning sign language during the pandemic. Oh. Is but it I one wanna... of those things that you have to stay up on? Like, you have to sign with people? Like, you have to yeah, talk? Yeah, it's like any language where right. it's like, the, if you want to get fluent in it, you want to be talking in it all the time. And I don't really have a lot of deaf friends around to 
speak to, but it was cool going to like those deaf meetups at Starbucks. That is cool. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting, uh, how much do you really understand a person based on sign language? Do you, do you feel like, you're not fluent at it though, right? No, but I, I, I can sign decent enough. To like, have a conversation. Kind of, yeah. Kind but of. I would have to tell them like slow, slow. But. Do you think that when you get to a point like that interpreter mm-hmm. at the uh, concert, you get that good at sign language, you could communicate as clearly? Yeah. But it's the same as any language where it's like, I might be like, what's up, y'all? It's lit. And you might be like, oh, I'm older. I don't understand what lit means. You oh, know? I know what lit means. Is. I just but, thought it had already gone away. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Tight is I'm what here threw to bring- me off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're like, he's tight. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. Huh? Is he? But it's like if you go to a different part, like if if you go to a different state, sometimes the way that people speak, and maybe like in Texas, in certain rural parts, you wouldn't really understand certain things that they say or how oh, they yeah, say them. Sure. So it's the same yeah. with sign language. Like you can oh. say doctor like this or like this. Oh. But if you're learning and you only know this way to say it, then if someone does that, you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm. One more so time. So doctor is touch your wrist to check your pulse like that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a D, so doctor. Oh, where's the D? D. Oh wow! But when you go down and touch it, now it becomes. So now it's just doctor on your wrist, I guess. A P that fell over on yeah. its back. Would anyone there be different, like not ASL? Because that's I didn't. Once I learned American Sign Language, I was like, wait a second, your French Sign Language, there, yeah. Spanish Sign oh, Language, yeah, yeah, that's Canadian annoying. Sign I know. Language, like how I, much different is it? I, it's I, very different. I don't know. Oh. It's very different. <laughs> so if you went over there language. and be like, you don't even know the language. No. Nope. Oh, you fucks! <laughs> you had the one chance to make I universal know. language. I know. It's so fascinating. I'm, like, very interested in, like, the deaf community and sign language and all of that. Linguistics. I got super high once. (laughs) I think it was in the tank. And when I came out, I had this idea that alien life, if it wanted to communicate with us, would come up with a way, like, a a type of language that everyone could understand. Mm -hmm. Like, a language that got right into your brain. A language that instead of you having to interpret what the sounds mean and turn them into words, it's some new kind of technology that allow, like, as they're making this sound, as they're putting out the signal, it's going straight into you and you automatically understand it. Yeah. Without knowing what they're without having actual, Bob said you guys should come to the spaceship. Instead of seeing, you know what it means without having hearing sound, like, you'll have to disassociate the idea of these sounds meaning these words. You'll just know what it means. Yeah. Oh, that, that movie. Yeah. Oh, that movie Arrival. was crazy. Well, they, didn't they do it, like, visually? Yeah. yeah. But it was, like, time doesn't matter. Right. There's no <gasps> sentence. It was all memes and, like... Right. That it was, like, they would spray black ink into the sky, right? What right. did they do for, like... Let me see what it looked like again. Yeah, there it goes. They spray, spray black ink, and it makes, like, weird patterns. And that's how they um, would communicate. communicate. Have you but seen, that makes sense. Yeah. Have you seen that new the trailer for Tenet? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. <gasps> it looks I've been so excited crazy. for that movie to come out for a while. Yes. So mad the lockdown fucked it up. I think there's a guy named Ray Kurzweil, mm-hmm. and he's this brilliant guy who wants to live to be a thousand years old. And he's got this um, series of patents that he's come up with. I mean, he's really like a legitimately genius guy, and I got a chance to interview him once a way back. But one of the things that we talked about was he was talking about downloading consciousness into a computer. And they think that there's going to come a point in time where you will be eternal because you're going to figure out a way to take whoever Alan Mikofsky is 
and put it in a computer and yeah. download it and your material body your physical body your biological body won't mean anything anymore you're going to exist as you inside this this computer inside yeah. this thing i've always thought that that's probably what alien life is what alien life is is something that has gotten to the point where it doesn't need a physical form anymore like whatever consciousness is they figured out a way to contain it in non-biological systems. Mm -hmm. So they take whatever you are when you're born, and they, but then the thing is, like, how does that thing replicate? What are they doing to make it? What are they doing? How, what are they doing to make sure the power stays on? Like, what are they doing? I think... Keto? Probably. <laughs> squats. I think life could be all kinds of shapes. I think life could be... Like, there was uh, some speculations these scientists were trying to figure out whether or not light could be a life form. Like there could be a, forms of life that are made entirely of light. Well, everything's energy, right? I don't know if everything's energy. I don't know. I thought I'd throw that out that and it would make sense. Just really lazy. <laughs> but like we're made of energy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're made of energy. But what, what we think of as life, we think of as like a frog. Yeah. Or like uh, an Ali Mikofsky or a Jamie with a Vernon. Pulse. Yeah, but it's possible that life might be like I thought about ideas. Like when you have an idea and then that idea gets in your head like, man, I like that idea. And then you, you start working to f fulfill that idea. You build a thing. Like maybe mm -hmm. you have an idea like how to build a thing. Mm -hmm. And then you build a thing. Like That's a thing that like forced you to make it. It's like you had an idea that yeah. bumped, jumped into your brain. And then it's like, listen, bitch, you need to make a canoe, Dude, like a yes. canoe. Yeah. How would I make a canoe? You take a log, you yeah. fucking hollow out the sand, you roll around inside of it, just go down the river. And then all of a sudden, this idea that pops into your head and you start doing all the work, now you have a physical thing that literally allowed itself to be born by getting this idea that invades your consciousness and tricks you into making things. Doesn't that make you think that everything's already kind of decided? Like, you know, you have free will and control but to some extent everything's kind of already what's going to happen is going to happen that's not necessarily true i think you do have free will but i think you also um have determinism mm. i think this is something that people have argued successfully where you you really have to take a step back and go okay what do i think about a person's who a person is right now like if i meet a person and uh, I meet this woman, and she's all fucked up, and she lies a lot, and she likes to do drugs, and she doesn't know what she's doing with her life, and she cries. Like, uh, oh, get your shit together, bitch. Is that what you think? Like, how, what, what do you think when you meet a person like that? Do you take into consideration, like, oh, this is a person who is the granddaughter of alcoholics, and it all boiled down to genetics and terrible. So all of her systems that came online when she was two and five and six, they all came online during alcoholic households. And people were physically abusive and you're hiding in the corner of your bedroom. And it was all chaos and How drink, do you know my life drinking story? when you're 12. Like when you get to that 35-year-old person uh -huh. and they've gone through this insane pattern without any intervention, nothing, yeah. nothing switched. How much of their life are they really responsible for? Yeah. It's a real question. It's like, know. who are you? You are the combination of all the things that have ever happened to you, your genetics, all the weird shit that you inherit from your parents. Like mm -hmm. You inherit a lot of ideas, they think, even from your parents. Not just like learn from them, but actually inherit these ideas. And then you do the best with what you got. Yeah. And some people's got is fucking terrible. Yeah. Do you think we're living in a simulation? I'm too dumb. Same. To 
to take that into consideration. But I think it seems um, legitimately weird. It does it? Se it seems like it changes too much. Like reality itself changes too much. Yeah. And things come up that seem like if there was going to be a simulation, this is how it would go down. Like, like I remember when I first started reading about simulation theory it was right around the time where uh, Anthony Weiner got busted for sending pictures of his deck. I'm like, mm -hmm. what are the odds? Yeah. Like that seems like it's so on the nose. Seems like somebody would so really. So on the Weiner. If your name was Weiner, you'd avoid showing people your heart. Any, yeah. I'm like this is you'd a terrible. You'd castrate yourself. <laughs> no more Weiner. But if we're going to come up with one someday, not, obviously not you and me, but someone really smart is going to yeah. come up with a simulation, it's going to eventually get good enough where you can't tell that you're in a simulation. That's what's fucked up. That's what's fucked up. What's fucked up is it's, if it isn't here, it's coming. Yeah. This took me a long time. Like I had a, a conversation with this guy, Nick Bolstrom, who's a brilliant guy who is a big proponent of this concept. And he, he was explaining it through like probability theory and yeah. I, I was a little too dumb to understand what he was saying yeah. but basically what that's he's how saying I feel is listening to your podcast if you do if if it's possible that someday someone essentially I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing someday will have a simulation like how what are the odds that this is a simulation? it's more likely that this is a simulation than not yeah you just got to pray that whoever's doing the simulation is looking out for you the other possibility is oh. that we know the simulation's coming that's the other possibility, and that's why everybody's freaked out. Everybody's freaked out because even though it's not here, it's inevitable. If you follow the pattern of innovation, if you go from pioneers to people who live in cities to cell phones and Internet and fucking Space Force, and you just keep going, eventually you get to a point where someone figures out how to make an artificial version of life, whether it's Ray Kurzweil's thing where it downloads you into a computer or whether it's a thing you sit and connect to. Yeah. Some, someone's going to come up with something. Do you think we know that we're in the simulation when it happens? Then or it would we just like ease into it? Then it would suck. It? You don't want that. Yeah, no. You want something where it's crazy. Yeah. And you don't even know you're in it. Like, yeah. oh my God, am I in the simulation? Who knows? That's the best simulation. The best simulation is you You have no idea. You're, oh, yeah. You're locked completely into it. So yeah. that's where our problem lies. We don't know if that's actually going on right now. <laughs> like for Trump? If somebody brought Trump aside, like sat Trump aside and said, Mr. Trump, all of this seems highly unlikely, doesn't it? Well, here's why. Yeah. You are in a simulation. This simulation was started 78 years ago, <sighs> and this is the pattern. It plays out. You, you're, you're given a large amount of money to uh, start your own businesses. Yeah. You're going to put your name on everything. You're going to be the best, the best, <laughs> yeah. the best, but you have crazy hair. Yeah. But that's okay. You just fucking spray it down. You're good. You have a few flaws in your life. People are mad at you, though, but you're going to be the best. You're going to have the best things, the biggest. You're going to have the business. You're gonna, everything's going to be amazing. And then you, you come up to him and, like, you, you wake him up and you say, listen, this seems crazy. It seems crazy because it is. And uh, you uh, settled upon a very bizarre pattern in your simulation, and this is how it came out. And everyone else is mad at you, but they, yeah. they just don't, don't understand. This wasn't your fault. You didn't mean to. But then you think of all the things that we counted before, like, Poverty, abuse, drug addict parents, all the different things that make a person who they are, right? Those are really kind of like factors in if you had a game. Like if you were playing some sort of a, a large-scale role-playing game, you're like, what is my character going to be like? Oh, your character's a barbarian. You're in the Matrix. That's what you're showing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you're, you're describing like when Morpheus talks to Neo, he's like, hey, what do you what do you think? But it is essentially the, the blue pill. It's sent yeah, it is like that. Yeah. And it is essentially what it will be. If we if we're st we're staying in this human form, essentially someone's gonna figure out a way to put a helmet on you yeah. or s put a fucking spike in the back of your head that like locks your central nervous system into this gigantic computer that starts sending signals to your brain and tricks your brain into thinking it's riding on a horse through yeah. the fucking Sa the Saudi Arabian desert. That's gonna come. Yeah. It's just whether or not it's here yet. Mm -hmm. It's gonna come. They're gonna keep making things if we don't blow each other up. There's gonna be a cell phone that lets you see God. You're gonna you're gonna like call God. And yeah. God, God's gonna be in front of you, hugging you, giving you love. Isn't that what psychedelics are kind of like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that could be what we're trying to recreate. What we're trying to get to could be like a state that's similar to what exists already in nature. Like maybe they're interconnected in some sort of a way. Like maybe someone will figure out. Maybe someone who is anti-drug will figure out a way to recreate psychedelic experiences using only technology that interfaces with your brain and turns all those chemicals on. But don't you think we're capable of doing that ourselves because we're part of nature in a way? Like we're all connected to the universe in some way. And so if we just focused on like not to sound like Russell Brand, but like if we all just like took time to like meditate and like get in contact with ourselves and like realize that we're all connected in a strange web that we could potentially have that like well, that would definitely help. Yeah. And this is the other thing about people that are like angry all the time or people that are lashing out at people all the time. That energy that you put out is it's not a one way thing that it comes back at you. Totally. And it also makes you feel a certain way. So it's, it poisons you as well. Well, and it poisons the other people. Mm -hmm. You exactly. know, if I if I go and attack you and I'm like, Joe, you fucking whatever, you suck, blah, 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 like and I'm attacking you, then there's going to be, I mean, I know you're like tough and whatever, but like, you know, there's still a part of that energy, the negative energy that's going to go into you and go maybe for a second, I don't know how long, but depending yeah. on how weak or strong-willed or minded you are, you're going to attach part of that to yourself and be like, maybe I am bad. And like, For sure. I'll just lean into that. Some people do. Yeah, some people definitely lean in. If you call them an asshole, they, they just become more of an asshole. I think that might be the case with Trump. I think um, if you look at who he was before he became president and like how um, antagonistic he is like now that he is president, I mean, there was some of that before, like when you get mad at Rosie O'Donnell or someone and insult people. But it seems like now it's like, way more prevalent in his yeah. behavior yeah i think a lot of that is probably connected to the fact that so many people fucking hate him and they're criticizing yeah. him like his last days if you think about who he is right he's 75 years old or something like that right he's so hot how old is he <laughs> somebody must think he's hot for sure for sure for sure how old is he just turned 74 All right, do you think so melania thinks he's hot no she, she does what she can yeah. what, she got, what yeah. she's got yeah but he's uh, 74 years old. You know, that's... Um, Such a weird age to have a president. But it but it's, makes sense because then you learn a lot from life. But I what I guess. was going to say is, you g generally, you don't live to be much older than 90. Mm -hmm. Most people. That's So the last years, before that, he's in rap songs. Everybody's like, he's got his own show on NBC. Yeah. You're fired. Yeah, everybody loves when he does yeah. that. I love when he fires people. I love like, when he's mean. He was the hero. He was like this guy who was like this badass yeah. businessman that had his name on everything, and now all of a sudden everybody hates him. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what do you want? What do you really want? Because if you want to be the top guy, you want to be the, the president of the United States.
You want to be that one person that dictates policy, could literally change the way our society functions. You have this weird power where if your friends go to jail, you could exonerate them. Allie, I'm going to let you out. I'm going to give you a presidential pardon. We still have presidential pardons. Crazy. Like a person could just decide. They're the president, so they get to do it. Like we let this medieval shit exist in 2020 where you could just decide. And I feel like I most presidents don't do much. Oh, they do a lot with it. Really? Oh, yes, they do. They pardon hundreds of people. There's so many people in jail who don't need to be. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's where people like the Innocence Project and uh, yeah. I have these guys on my show. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, um, two well, guys. Um, did you ever get into Serial, that podcast about Anon Syed? Anon Syed? What is that? Serial, it was like a super popular podcast about this girl who was murdered and they put her boyfriend in jail. But the story, it's like the, the podcast is them going into the story and all the details. And, uh, and it's just interesting hearing about. She was innocent? I don't know. That's up to the audience to decide. Yeah, that's again. But he get... was like, he was 17. So I don't know. Part of me wants to be, I'm very naive and young and somewhat dumb for the most part. And so there's part of me that's like, but if he did do it, right. if he did murder his ex-girlfriend and he was 17 and he's in jail for life, no option of parole at this point. Ooh. And it's like, don't, I feel like prison systems should be able to have like a rehabilitation process so that way someone like him who might not be a guy, if even if he did it, he's not going to do it again. It's like, do you know what I mean? Let me take a breath. <laughs> what are you trying to say? If, if you go to jail for murder, but you're not the type of person who's like, you're not like a serial murderer. You're just like, he was in high school. Maybe he was misguided by his friends. He, he didn't know what to do. Ex-girlfriend, yeah. Um, but did he? I don't know. So there's two things possible. One, but I think if, thing, you, if you kill your girlfriend, I think you forfeit your life. Sure. Because if we don't have unbelievably strict rules like that, yeah. you're going to have people doing that more often. Yeah. There's... There is something that is a there's something that influences people to be good, and most of it is being a good person is like feels good, but part of it is punishment. Yeah. Part of it is punitive stuff. You can't Do you just, think for life. But here's the thing: there's, you don't let me finish my sentence because okay. this is the most important part. We'd have to know for sure you did it. And I don't think they do that now. So that that's one of the real problems we have. And then once you get into the system, even if they know you're innocent, it takes months sometimes before you get out, right? Even if you have an appeal, like there's a lot going on there. And that's so, kind of the thing. It's that's like, the thing. It's like you, I think that if you take someone's life like that, you forfeit your life. But how do I know you did it? Exactly. How do I absolutely know you did it? Because I definitely know that people were in jail for shit they didn't do. Yeah. And until you have a completely just, non-biased justice system that it that isn't pressured by you know different attorneys or different prosecuting attorneys or or governors or anybody you, you just have this like magical fucking super intelligent group of humans that know exactly the right choice and how to punish someone mm -hmm. we don't have that yeah so, so the death penalty and all that shit it's like yeah in theory i think you should kill people that kill people yeah, in theory, we want we don't want the world to be filled with serial killers. We don't want someone who thinks it's cool to go to a park and shoot kids to stay alive. In theory, mm -hmm. I'm with you. The problem is when we don't know. Now, if we do know for sure this person did it, like there's video of them doing it, but even video now, it's like, fuck. Yeah. When is that going to be unreliable? Yeah. 
But the thing is, like, with this guy, there wasn't enough... I personally think there wasn't enough evidence to say 100% without a doubt he was guilty, he should be in jail for life. And then it's like, okay, so what if they prove that he is innocent? But he's been in jail since he was 17 years old. He's been in prison since he was 17. How old is he now? I think this case was in, like, 2000... Early 2000s, maybe 2003. And so now he's only known his life as someone who's been in the prison system. And maybe for something he didn't do. Yeah, and so if he gets out, how is he supposed to be... How is he supposed to know what to do and be a productive member of society? The... The event that led to the case happened in 1999. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that's where it's horrific if someone's innocent. That's yeah. where it's horrific. And again, I go back to this again, but this we got to be able to read each other's minds. That's what they're going to say. You know how they're doing contact tracing with COVID? Yeah. We need to know who you've contacted, mm-hmm. Allie. Allie, if you've contacted someone who's positive, we need to know. And if you haven't, you should be able to go in any restaurant you want. Just have your app ready and, yeah. and wear your wristband. And... Th- this is what we're probably going to do with that, too. But then well, isn't that like... Uh... Allie, you can't commit crime if I can read your mind, right? And you don't want to commit crime, do you? No. Then let me read your mind. Just put the helmet on. We'll all read each other's minds, and no one ever goes to jail unjustly. If your own privacy is more important than all these people that are doing life in prison for shit they didn't do, what, because you won't let people read your mind and find out that you, you masturbate to fucking feet? That's my thing. I told you not to say that on the podcast. Dirty feet, too. I like hangnails. Caked in clay. (laughs) I just picture someone. That's what we're going to do. That's like the the way it's a slippery slope to contact tracing. You want to keep people safe. It's going to be, you want, don't you want no crime to exist? Don't you want no people to be unjustly punished? Then let us read your mind. And we're going to just read each other's minds. I think the separation between each other's thoughts like that we enjoy now where you can deceive each other and we can, you know, you can spin a yarn or be a good salesperson. That shit's going out the window. That's like blockbuster video. That's yeah. going to be a useless thing. Crazy. That's what I think. Okay. But I'm dumb. Same. I might be wrong. Same. I might be wrong. So, um, let's wrap this up. Okay. Allie, when, uh, when we do get a comedy club set up in Texas, you must come. I'm so down. Grace, grace us with your presence. I think um, we'll, we'll start looking around the spring. Oh. When hopefully this okay, shit bowls over. Yeah. I'm so happy be- for you. I'm happy for you. I'm bummed you're leaving. Not that I really see you that often. I'll but be here. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be moving around. Yeah. Once it can move around a little bit, I'll be moving around. Okay. Um, I'm still always going to come to the store. Sweet. All right, my friend. Thanks uh, for having me on. My pleasure. Tell everybody your Instagram. My Instagram's not Allie Mac, N-O-T-A-L-I-M-A-C. My podcast is Resting Bitch, and that's all you need to know about me. That's all you need to know. All right. Bye, everybody.